in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now. Morning to you. It is uh, one minute and fifteen seconds after the hour of five, and this the month of September in the year of our Lord two thousand and nine. Thank you for coming along and uh, making it part of your listening day. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Radio Program live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock One Hundred One KUFO in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Uh, it's five zero three two two eight four one zero one. If you would like to uh, join us today, five zero three two two eight. 4101. If you would like to uh, weigh in with your comments, questions, clarifications, kvetches, ruminations, ponderings, whatever it is uh, you might have, 503 228 4101. You can also text if you like at 520 515 2051, or you can email it's uh, rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Uh, Sarah with an H at kufo.com. Tim at kufo.com. Or uh, Greg Nibbler, our esteemed production assistant, can be reached at nibbler, N I B L E R. KUFO.com. I know I say this every week, but last night's Mad Men was the best episode ever. 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 So unbelievably good. And here's the thing, and I know without even asking at this point that you didn't see it. Yeah. I didn't. I saw last week's so. though. It has become so it's become a thing where you that has been now become a Tuesday or a Monday show for you. It's it's not a Sunday a show Monday at this show. point because it's, it's on it's too on late. late. See, I think and I don't have an HD television, but I'm pretty sure that if I had an HD TV I could get the 7 o'clock feed, like the East Coast feed, or whatever, because I think that actually comes down several hours earlier, but, but I can only get, like, the audio from that. Because I guess if you don't get an HD channel, they send down, like, you can get the sort of sound feed with it, but you can't get the actual video feed. So the only option I really have at this point, if I don't want to wait until 10 o'clock, is just sort of get, the, like, the radio play version of Mad Men. Um... Anyway, it was it was quite something. I mean, you know, no getting your toes chopped off with a lawnmower, but it was still it was still fantastic. So, last night was Mad Men, also the season premiere of Dexter, which was great and disturbing. This whole sequence. Here's something you don't really expect to see. You don't expect to see John Lithgow's buttocks when you turn on the television. And there's something uniquely disturbing about seeing John Lithgow. I'm not giving anything away here, but he's just nude in a shower, screaming out loud to himself. And there's just even describing it now, I give myself the creeps. So Dexter last night and then uh, Californication. And I know that that's kind of a niche program because it's on Showtime and it's just, you know, it doesn't necessarily have like the broad viewing base of like your Dexter or your Mad Men or your whatever. The only reason I'm going to mention Californication is A, I'm a big fan, and B, I don't know when Kathleen Turner became a man. I don't know if that was before or after. She guest starred on Friends as what's his name? Didn't she play somebody's dad on Friends? Yeah, she played Chandler's dad. Did they even bother to? I mean, did they put her? How did they dress her for that? What did, did they do anything other than just having her come on camera and speak? Nope. That's just sad. This email says, Rick, I just saw Californication. I knew Kathleen Turner changed ages ago, but goddamn, is there an ounce of estrogen left in that woman's body? That is a prime example of why people should never get married. Can you imagine being married to 1980s Kathleen Turner one day and then this linebacker man-beast the next? 
This has to be the most depressing thing ever. Short of going from hot sex vixen to man beast yourself, I suppose. He says, don't get me wrong, I dig Kathleen Turner and all, but this has to be the most horrifying transformation of any person who has ever lived. Uh, all right, so we'll talk about all of that. Uh, what else? Nathan Fillion of uh, Dr. Horrible sing-along blog, Firefly, and uh, Castle fame will be joining us later on today. Well, a pair of passes for two to see Zombieland, the KUFO premiere of Zombieland, which happens... Uh, next uh, Friday, I believe, or next Tuesday, rather. Opens next Friday, premieres next Tuesday, and we also have a, a pair of tickets for you to see Motorhead and the Reverend Horton Heat. You're going to be listening for that. It's 503-228-4101. We'll also check in with uh, Corden Fatboy, who are going to be out at Survive It and Drive It, which now enters its... I guess we're in the seventh day. One, two, three, four, five, six, eighth day. So we're now entering the, the eighth day with um, Katie and Jessica now, who... Uh, and at this point, there's just nobody who's going to tap out, I think. It's just, it really would take a meteorite striking the parking lot to make one of them give up. It's become be- a lifestyle for them. Well, be- a lifestyle choice. <laughs> a lifestyle to which they've become accustomed. Mm-hmm. Well, because they've got like a 50-50 chance. I mean, that's the thing. Like, they must realize that the odds are one in two that they're going to win. So, uh, you know, short of just Jehovah appearing in front of them and ordering one of them out of the truck, and, not, and really, I don't even know that that would have the desired effect, I think they're probably just there for the duration, as they say. Uh, anyway, so we'll check in with uh, Court and Fatboy out there uh, later on today. We're joined, as always, by the uh, lovely and talented Sarah Dillon. Hello, how are you? Hello, I'm exhausted. I got tricked into hiking yesterday. You were tricked into hiking. They said you were going to the Plaid Pantry, and the next thing you knew, you were on Mount Hood. No, I was told that it was going to be a mile hike, and it turned out it was five miles. Oh. A mile hike wouldn't even take you out of southeast Portland. I know. Well, that's what I didn't think. Then I looked at the sign. I'm like, hmm, that's peculiar. That sign says it's two and a half miles to the top. I don't know what's going on here. We don't seem to be on 39th anymore. Where are we? I what? have to say, I do not like hiking. No, oh, hiking no. sucks. It sucks. Why, no. why do people do it? No, there's nothing good about it. It's just like outdoors. walking on unlevel ground. Why, did the, why does it even have a special name? No, the outdoors is stupid. It's, yeah. uh, look, and I know I'm not supposed to say that living in the Northwest, but there's, if the outdoors are so great, you'd still live there. You live inside because inside is better. That's There's just that done. QED. That's the end of that particular line of argument. There's no getting around it. Then the, the where, did, where exactly did you go hike? I went in the gorge uh, to this place called Angel's Rest. Oh, yeah, I know where that is. Yeah, so hiked up to the top of that and plus you know i'm not really the biggest fan of heights so you get up there and you're like two thousand feet in the air and there's like a cliff edge i tried to be who, who is it that did this to you? is it your boyfriend yes yes well. i know and he's and he's like he loves to hike loves to hike he, he's been on like 30 mile hikes and stuff and yeah. i tried and i like as soon as we got to the top i just looked at him just like i'm not your soulmate darling yeah. like, i can't do this welcome to my world i'm not enjoying this well it sounds like a healthy way to spend one's time so I, I mean, credit him for that. I felt good. I mean, I walked five miles, and then we went to the horse brass and had some food. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great outdoor excursion. Let's get some fish and chips and a vodka. Exactly. Yeah. Well, no, but that's you know that's my hell too because you know Lara's like queen of the great outdoors and whatever. So the, now the key though is to make sure uh, that he or in my case Lara has enough friends that they can sort of take care of that that part for you. You know what I mean? It's like. Uh, it's like sometimes you, the couples will have that arrangement uh, where the husband likes to be dressed up like a penguin and beaten uh, and told he's a bad little girl. And it's like the wife isn't into that, so she just hires like your your dominatrix friend or whatever on the side to take care of a need that she can't satisfy. Mm-hmm. That's the thing with hiking. Lara's got all kinds of friends that go hiking, and they do they go to the gorge, and they go rafting, and they do whatever, and I stay Why? at home. Why do people hike? I mean, I can understand rafting. I can understand camping. But, like, walking around in the woods on unlevel ground, like... It was it was miserable. And it's a trick of terminology too. When people say hiking, they're just walking. It's walking. Yeah, hiking is walking. That's all it is. It's you know? walking on rocks on the edges of cliffs. Like walking from here to the Xerox machine upstairs and back a hundred times isn't exciting. Walking outdoors isn't exciting. 
So I'm glad we're on the same page. Here. Me too. I felt like there was something wrong. What if with they me? put a Xerox machine on the mountaintop? Would you go? No, but see, that's the thing. That's all you have to do with people is you just if you make it unpleasant and filled with bugs, suddenly it's great. That's what I was thinking too. I'm like, so is there something magical at the top of this mountain? No. I'm like, why? No, and it's I got up there. I'm just like. I mean, it was pretty, but it was also pretty, you know, like a thousand feet lower. Yeah. We didn't no. need to go that high. A mountain is a pile of dirt. There's, uh, that's just, th- that's just the fact. On that note, uh, it's uh, 503-228-4101. Let's pay a visit at the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley. Live from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Good morning. It's 508. It's going to end the next couple days. High temperatures will be in the 60s. All kinds of uh, interesting activity to tell you about over the weekend. First, the shooter who admits he didn't have nothing else to do and likes firearms has been arrested for shooting at cars randomly in Clark County. Luckily, nobody was hit, so we can joke around about this. When the SWAT team arrived after the 911 calls, 39-year-old Damon Stumbaugh was still shooting, pointing two guns at passing cars. When confronted inside his truck with a semi, Stumbaugh drove across his yard and then surrendered. It's not unusual to hear shots being fired around northeast Cedar Creek Road, so if you don't like that activity, stay away. Luckily, he didn't hit anybody. The shooter's posted bail, is now out of jail, and free to shoot again. What a retard. How can you stand in your yard with two guns, firing at a road which is 10 feet away, and hit nothing? He had nothing else to do. <laughs> Including target he, he practice. Gone, he could have gone hiking. <laughs> or, or, he, or he could have gone to shooting school to figure out how to be a better aim. That's just dumb. I'm not. I mean, I'm glad that nobody was hurt, but it. But I'm glad it, we have people like this that have nothing to do. Defies the laws of probability that he could stand in his front yard shooting at cars as they went by and hit and hit none of them. All right. Well, whatever. Well, just for people like that, Kenny Rogers is returning to the road. It opens at the Snoqualmie Casino, October first, and then he moves on to the big place, the Wenatchee Toyota Town Center in Wenatchee, October second. So, if you like Kenny Rogers and you like shooting, uh. Let's see, it's his new 12 songs, 50 years of Kenny Rogers. Uh, he looks the same as he has. Uh, will be released as a Cracker Barrel exclusive. You have to go down to the old Cracker Barrel <laughs> and buy that if you want it. That's awesome. Is this the obligatory re-recording of all of his old songs? It's called Christmas and Hits Holiday Trek. Okay, so see, Oh, he's going to be singing Christmas songs. So now he's found a way to merge the two, uh, the two cliches. He's got the holiday album, right. and he's got the greatest hits album, and he's mashed them into one at long last. So this is Christmas tour, which is starting early. And surveys show the the earlier you uh, the earlier you start doing Christmas, the better ratings you get. So maybe that'll translate to sales maybe, for Kenny Rogers. Maybe we should uh, start with some Christmas music today, Tim. Is this is he doing like a Christmas and hits though? I don't get what that means. Is that like a Ruby? Don't take your sleigh to town. I guess so. You'll have to go to find out. All right. Go to the uh, Wenatchee, Washington Toyota Town Center. Won't you please? What, didn't we have a story from Wenatchee just the other day? And some, oh, that was, that was the story where the guy covered in blood was leaping off apartment balconies. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, so, you know, I mean, if you're there and you're not busy running from the cops, you can stop by to see Kenny Rogers in his weird Asian face. Uh, meanwhile, a Portland man just can't get enough of the Multnomah County Jail. Uh, Denell Watts had to be pushed out of the jail after deputies released him, they claimed Donnell then threw a glass of water through a justice center window, ran up, and gave himself up so he could be thrown back to jail. Well, he was, and should be enjoying himself immensely. He has a big smile on his face now, as you would too. Well, now that Roman Pulaski has been jailed in Zurich, 
on a 31-year-old L.A. County arrest warrant. He could be back in L.A. within days if he doesn't fight extradition. I think I speak for everybody, by the way, when I say how deeply satisfying was that. I just That was, I think, Saturday, maybe, that I woke mm-hmm. up, and I saw it. There was Sneathan. Uh, our friend Chris Sneathan sent me a text. I woke up and, you know, uh, check turn off you know, alarm clock because my my blackberry is my is my blackberry is my alarm clock and i uh, reached over i turned off my alarm and then i saw that i had a bunch of messages and i was like oh, that's odd and like seven different people had sent me text messages or emails about roman polanski and sneathan had been the first one out of the gate so i read his first he's polanski jailed awesome is all it said and i think i texted back something like this is the best year ever and then i fell back asleep and it really is it just it just was so gratifying in just the just the most uh, just the most uh, immense way uh, so anyway, both France and Poland, of all places, Poland, which is one of the strictest places on earth, run by the Roman Catholic Church, is fighting this. They want him left alone. Yeah, we'll take that under advisement. Mm-hmm. So uh, he had unlawful sex with a 13-year-old California girl and spent 42 days in a California prison. And uh, then he just split. So this is back in 1978. How telling that he ran to France, uh, of you know, of all things. So that was, it was 78, because they tried to hit him with... Because there's a whole thing where he where he structured some sort of a, an arrangement, but before he could even serve out the sentences of his plea agreement, uh, you know, he bailed. He, he ran, got on a plane and ran to France. And then he's just, I think, spent the ensuing three decades going from one country to another, always checking beforehand. This is how you know he's a weasel. Always checking beforehand to make sure that the country he was traveling to had no extradition treaty with uh, with America. So uh, there you go. That is the long arm of the law. Come so how did they last. finally catch him? Like, where did he go? Uh, he went well, to Zurich. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's not. That, that's the other thing is he hasn't been in hiding. Like, uh, I mean, he has technically, I guess, been a fugitive because he's been trying to avoid uh, the U.S. Just getting living hold of him. a normal artistic life. Yeah. And uh, and he's been living in France. And then he went from France to someplace like to Germany or someplace. But uh, he went to Zurich. Where I think he had gone before, but I get the feeling there must have been some governmental change in Zurich over the last couple of, of years. Because he's been there before without incident, but they knew he was going to Zurich for some film festival or something. And so Zurich called America was like, hey, America, Roman Polanski's going to be here. And we they structured some sort of a, a deal to nab him. So he was like walking through the just oh to have been there as uh, as Ben Kingsley uh, uh, says in the movie Weapons of Mass Distraction oh to have seen his face so he's just walking through the airport thinking well uh, now I'll get on a plane and I will get some peanuts and think about that time that I raped a thirteen year old and then out of nowhere just comes the man uh, and I think they manacled him up and put him in put him in a jail cell somewhere where he is sitting at this moment so. The actress who slid on the hood of a car in the White Snake video, Here I Go Again, is under arrest. Tony Catan has been arrested on suspicion of driving under the influence. The arrest followed the 48-year-old actress's involvement in a traffic accident near John Wayne Airport in Orange County. Nobody was hurt. Catan was arrested, then released on $2,500 bail. She was married to White Snake lead singer David Cloverdale and later to Angels pitcher Chuck Finlay. Among... Her appearances were Bachelor Party, starring Tom Hanks, and the 1980s soap Santa Barbara. She's done reality TV, of course, participating in celebrity rehab, as everybody does with Dr. Drew on VH1. I love the idea that she was married to David Cloverdale. Mm-hmm. That's where a massive-haired rock singer from the 80s comes and kicks over Manhattan. Oh, God, it's David Cloverdale! Here I go again on my own! <laughs> ah. 
That was funny. That, that, no, it was. It was just I too early. I deserve to chuckle for that, at least. I'm going to tell that joke again later. Yes, please do it around 7 o'clock hour. I'm going to do it somewhere between the yes. hours of 7 and 9, Tim, when men 18 to 44 years of age are most likely to be listening. 7.40 break would be best, I think. They will laugh. <laughs> All right. Hysterically. Also, uh, coming up later on the day, Nathan Fillion of Firefly and Castle fame. More from Tim Riley straight ahead as well. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Don't go anywhere. This is the Rick Emerson Show. On Rock 101 KUFO. Broadcasting from the greatest city on Earth. Portland is vying to become the world's leader in solar-powered toilets. I know we can do it. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Coming up later on this morning, a pair of passes for you to see Zombieland. Starring uh, Woody Harrelson and that uh, kid that everybody thinks is uh, Michael Cera. What else? Motorhead and Reverend Horton heat tickets. So that's, well, that, and that show just kind of snuck up on me. I didn't even really know that was taking place. It's going to be, uh, I think that's this Saturday night. It's uh, the Roseland. You can get tickets on sale right now, ticketswest.com. But uh, at some point uh, this morning, we'll give you a pair of uh, passes to see Reverend Horton Heat and Motorhead featuring Lemmy, who is editor of the School Magazine. At the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. Live from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Good morning. It's 527. It's going to rain the next couple days. High temperatures in the 60s. A speakeasy has been shut down. Two men accused of running it, charged with illegally surfing for more than a year. This is the Star Theater at Northeast 6th and Burnside. It lost its license last year. Sarah, Sarah just said upset. damn under her breath. What? What? No. What do you mean a speakeasy? A speakeasy. Wait, where was it at? This is at Northwest 6th and Burnside. I'm sorry. I guess I should go right to the source. Sarah, where was the speakeasy at? It's in Northeast, right? Uh, no, it's in the Northwest. Okay, is there, is this ones. a different speakeasy you're thinking about? There are many. Portland has a very interesting nightlife. There are many speakeasies in town. Northwest 6th and Burnside. Wait, hold on. So I'm trying to picture exactly where, trying to picture exactly where that would be. So that's right down the street from the Roseland. Yeah. Okay. So it's, yeah. So it's, it's by, uh, it's by what's it? It's by that. I almost want to say cabaret, but it's not cabaret. Carnival or whatever that strip yeah. club is. So it's kind of in that area. So was it like a, was it in the basement of some other business? No, it was the business itself. They lost a license and continued to serve. Oh, I see. So and was then it- they got in trouble because they put up some... Th- this is the most dangerous part, really. They put up stage lighting without a permit. Oh. Like somebody's uh-huh. uncle Charlie decided that they were you, going to. You don't want to do that because that's, that, that's a very bad thing. We've seen what happens when things go badly on stage that shouldn't be put there. Yes, yes, we have. And so, the, because that's when they get into like the fire marshal or something who says, hey, by the way, what are these bottles of booze? And they say, I don't know. They're for display purposes only, officer. And then they come and they bust you. So, uh, Greg points out the Roseland is actually in 6th and Burnside. So, it must have. This is behind that. So it's behind the Roseland. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what's what, what is even next door to that place. Isn't it all like this? Homeless people, the, mostly. It's just stinking homeless people in unused office spaces for the most part. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley at the news desk. A Beaverdick construction worker has been killed after being run over by a dump truck. 51-year-old John Sparks, who's working on a paving project on Southwest 100. 100- 
73rd at that time of the incident. And uh, a veil man is dead after he ran over a cow. State troopers say at least four people hit a cow that sauntered onto I-84, killing it. Then a Lincoln Continental struck the cow, rolled over, killing a passenger. Cows can cause all kinds of problems if they're allowed to do so. Well, half the respondents to a new poll show that taxing the rich is a good idea. 50% say, great idea, let's do it. While more than a third consider Twitter a fad that'll likely fade. Those are among the findings of a new 60 Minutes Vanity Fair poll. More than half the respondents chose Walmart as the, as the institution best symbolizing the American way. Other runner-ups include Google, Microsoft, the NFL, and the bank and security firm Goldman Sachs. Dining out was chosen most often by respondents as a luxury they had sacrificing in these tough times. And 5% thought the best way to find obesity among patrons of fast food chains is to equip each resident with scales so people can weigh each other. I don't understand. What do you mean? What part don't you? 5% not the best way to fight obesity, obesity among patrons of fast food restaurants is to equip each restaurant with scales for them to weigh themselves. Oh, so not to weigh each other. I thought you meant for like well, the... Well, like, for fun, I suppose. Like I have to check in with the guy behind the counter and stand on it. Like that would stop anybody in this fat-ass country of ours. I mean, honestly, if your actual full-length mirror mm-hmm. doesn't stop... Because, as you know, Sarah and I have talked about this you know, before. It's that thing about not wanting to... How you shouldn't really fix it on how much you weigh, even though we all do. It is, as Kevin Spacey said, just about uh, where he says, I want to look good naked or whatever in, in American Beauty. I mean, it really is it's just about whether you, uh, you know, whether you seem to be bulging out in all kinds of inappropriate places. Because your weight is such a deceptive uh, number. Because that whole thing about how muscle weighs more than fat and you know, just all that, all this stuff. And plus, no, and, like, no one knows how much they're supposed to weigh anyway. I don't think I've ever to this, to this day gotten a read on exactly what my weight is supposed to be. But there's just there's no way to tell. It's like that. It's like that body mass index thing or the body fat the ratio or whatever. It's like everywhere you. There's no definitive answer for that. The the closest I think I've ever gotten is when I was uh, the first time I was doing like Wii Fitness or something over on at Aaron's house. It was like on the Nintendo Wii and it weighs you, which is by the way embarrassing because it's me in a room of like ten people. And he's like, all right, you'll, you'll need to create a Wii avatar, so go ahead and stand on this scale. Seriously? Seriously. When you, <laughs> no, before I get I that. I not do that. I, oh, I know. And I was in my head of making a list of people I know who would just say, well, why don't you just uh, F a big one, pal, yeah. uh, you know, rather than do that. So I'm standing on the Wii scale, and there's like the, the wacky, uh, you know, sort of um, Weebelow-shaped not Weeble shaped. That's a boy. That's a boy scout. The Weeble shaped <laughs> avatar that comes up and says, "Hello, you weigh 195 pounds," and then it creates like a little, you know, happy face. Or say like little things like, "Don't break the scale." <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, straight ahead, we have Amanda Moyer joining us from CNN Radio Center in Atlanta. Coming up at uh, six o'clock, I believe we have uh, Ball Talk with Greg Nibbler. We will attend to Court and Fatboy. They are on site at Survive It and Drive It at uh, Dick Hanna Dodge. Nathan Fillion from Firefly and Castle on the way as well. You stay there. We are live from downtown Portland, Oregon. It's Monday morning. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. In mere moments, we are joined by Amanda Moyer from CNN Radio in Atlanta. Tim Riley is tracking the following stories for you on this Monday morning. A Lincoln County Sheriff's deputy is arrested, charged with theft. Apparently, they found $60 on the floor that fell off his person, and it didn't belong to him. Also, in the news this morning, 
Spokane psycho killer is filing for bankruptcy. Uh, Mackenzie Phillips' sister, Chinya, or is it China? Some Chinya. Weird, some weird spelling. Claims her story is true, and she's proud of her sister. By the way, her dad never had incest with the second sister. Apparently, she wasn't his type. Uh, Victoria Gotti loved her father, but loathed his mafia lifestyle. Well, all right, then. It's five. It's salute to daddy week on the Rick Emerson Show. It's 503-228-4101. Now in an awkward segue, let's welcome the Rick Emerson Radio Program from the CNN Radio Center in Atlanta, Amanda Moyer. Good morning, Amanda. How are you on this fine Monday? Good morning. I'm well. How are you today? I am dandy. I was making this observation earlier that I woke up. I guess it would have been Saturday morning that I uh, I woke up and I was checking my messages or whatever. And I had like seven different people who had sent me texts about Roman Polanski. This is just the weirdest year. I described 2009 so far as being like some weird combination of Christmas and a Hedda Hopper fever dream. It's just all of this insane celebrity news happening. So Roman Polanski, who's been, as they say, laminate for about uh, 31 years now, they busted him at an airport, right? Was it an airport in Zurich? That's right. The Zurich Airport. He was headed to the Zurich Film Festival. He was uh, expected to get an honorary award there. He was apprehended because uh, the authorities in the U.S. had uh, asked the Swiss authorities to um, act on an arrest request that had been made uh, several years ago, actually. And uh, they were able to apprehend him. And now he is being uh, put in provisional detention and faces the possibility of being extradited to the U.S. for a crime that he that he said that he did over 30 years ago and this is and he's wanted not because of the crime itself because i think he already had a sort of plea agreement for that is it is it because of the crime or is it because he is it because he fled america uh before the resolution of the case well it's really both because uh you're right he, he and his lawyer and the prosecutor thought they'd worked out a deal that would actually spare him from a lengthy prison term he went to prison for 42 days to undergo <laughs> Uh, psychological testing, and then on the eve of his sentencing, the judge uh, basically reneged on this deal, and uh, Polanski would have been going to prison longer, and then when he fled to France, he's from France, and he's been living there for the past 30 years. So is there any, uh, he's in jail now, is there any word on his, on his, uh, the reaction or what they're going to do? Because you always, I mean, you hear, um, you know, hear about Switzerland being like a neutral country or being a country where they, you know, where they kind of operate according to their own set of rules, but is it just a uh, a formality at this point to, I don't know, stick him in a can and bring him on over here? Or is, it, or is there going to be some sort of lengthy battle to get him out of there and back to L.A.? I think you're probably going to see a little bit of a lengthy battle because the extradition process will be determined in Switzerland. His lawyer says that he plans to fight the extradition to the U.S. And also um, some other countries are getting involved. Poland and France are uh, getting involved trying to uh, seek some clemency from the U.S., for him, so now you're going to see a little bit of a tug of war, and uh, the AP is reporting that uh, possibly Secretary Clinton could get involved because uh, one of the ministers from from uh, Poland, I believe, actually sent her a letter about it. Dear, uh, who's? I mean, you got to imagine that that's an awkward letter, right? Dear Hillary Clinton, we would like for you to intervene on behalf of this guy who drugged and assaulted a 13-year-old. Please help. That seems like a letter that you just pretend it was lost in the mail. You just, uh, I'm sorry, Poland, I never got that letter. Did you? Maybe you should resend it. Maybe it's in my spam filter. It's just all very awkward. You hear these things about Switzerland, as I said, being. You know, a place where you can either A, hide out if you're some sort of felon who's on the run from the man, or B, where you can stick all your money in some sort of secret bank account where they're never going to find it. But it, is that stuff just not true anymore, or was that never true, that Switzerland is sort of an island unto itself? Well, I think in 
the past, it, it has been. I mean, it still is an, a more neutral country than uh, than other countries. I, I, we've definitely heard that in the past. But I know that they do have an extradition treaty with the U.S. So, and and a lot of, there are countries in Europe that do not have one. So, in that regard, Switzerland is is more strict. I know that France does not have an extradition treaty with the U.S. and that's why. Polanski uh, has been living in France this entire time, but he has been moving about Europe. He's continued to work. He's been traveling freely in these countries. Um, it just so happened that uh, U.S. authorities got word he was going to be at this event, and then they went in and, and Swiss authorities agreed to, to arrest him. All right. Uh, on that note, thank you, Amanda. Amanda Moyer, CNN Radio uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. You too. That's Amanda Moyer, ladies and gentlemen. Um, you know, who was it we were talking about that was the dead ringer for Roman Polanski? Is it the guy from the James Bond film? Was that who it was? Remember there was some movie that came out last year, and the only thing we could talk about on Monday was how much the guy looked exactly like Roman Polanski. Well, the guy from, like, Casino Royale? Is it the guy? Is that who I'm thinking of? He was the villain in Casino Royale, and he's the guy. Was it, uh, or was it Casino Royale? I'm having a hard time picturing what Roman Polanski looks like. See, now it's a whole circular thing, I want to say he looks like the guy in that movie. I think he might be the bad guy that got set free by James Bond at the end of uh, whatever the last Bond film was, to wander in the desert with a can of motor oil. Does that sound familiar to anybody? I remember having this conversation, but it's all, the blanks in my head cannot be filled in. Tim? I can't remember this conversation. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I think it's something... I think he was the guy who was the primary villain in the most recent Bond film, which was, uh, which I don't even remember the title of now. Oh, I thought that was the name of it. That It isn't Casino Royale. I don't think it's Casino Royale. Greg, what was the name of the last Bond film? I, I don't think it was Casino Royale. That was the one before this last one. So, yeah, I don't remember either. We're such losers. Yeah. <laughs> well, in any event, I think it was the last James Bond movie. And there was this, there was this guy who was in it and came Monday morning. Everybody was like, and did you notice how much he looked like Roman Polanski? And then everybody said, I thought I was the only one who thought that. And apparently he actually played Roman Polanski in some made-for-TV movie or in some, I don't know, in some sort of the recreation that they did in something or other. Anyway. All right. It's 503-228-4101. Straight ahead, we have more news from Tim Riley coming up at 620. Ball Talk uh, with Greg Nibbler. 7 o'clock, we'll check in with uh, Court and Fatboy at Survive It and Drive It in Vancouver. Nathan Fillion of Castle and Firefly fame coming up at 740 and at uh, some point today you're shot at a pair of tickets to see motorhead and the reverend horton heat this coming saturday the rick emerson show continues next we are live from beautiful downtown portland oregon stay there the rick emerson show on rock 101 kufo kufo portland It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 and KUFO. Good morning to you. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Incidentally, I'd like to point out that uh, earlier on in the show when Sarah and I were talking about our shared dislike of hiking, camping, uh, outdoorsing. No, 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 I like camping. You I like, like camping. I like being outside. I don't like hiking. So you like being outside as long as you can get there in a vehicle or magically apparate into the woods. You, you just don't have to walk in or out. Greg and I were just talking about this during the break. I enjoy having a destination to which I am um, privy to. Walking is not the destination in and of itself. Walking to the top of a giant rock like for an hour and a half and not knowing what's going to be up there. It's like, oh, it's a view. And now I get to walk all the way back down. Here's what hiking is. So we, we were talking about this last hour because uh, because Sarah and you and your uh, boyfriend uh, went. Let's just, his name's Ryan. Let's just, I can't keep calling him. Okay. Well, I, right. I, so we're, so he, we're not giving him a nickname, and we're not calling him the boyfriend. His name is Ryan. Yes. All right. Ryan. So Sarah and her uh, her BF Ryan. So we're hiking this weekend. Now, when he said we're going to go hiking, 
I mean, did you know what exactly you were going to... I mean, I know you know what hiking is, but did you know where or the length of the hike? Or no, was he sort he, of vague about it all? No, he told me that it was a mile. It's a scenic walk. <laughs> it's like, it's a, it's a mile up and then a mile down. So basically, it's just like a mile. I'm like, okay, so we get out there to Angel's Rest. And I, I'm sorry, I kind of look... I look slightly lesbianish right now. <laughs> I, mean, I wasn't going to say anything. Okay, but look at this. This is what I hiked in yesterday. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Would so, you like a security system installed here, maybe? Seriously, I'm walking next to him. He's like, this is my lesbian girlfriend. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I don't have hiking shoes. All I have are, like, bright colored Adidas high tops and, like, camo shorts and a bad religion cut off tank top. You look like you're about to go work putting on aluminum siding somewhere. I know. I'm, like, not wearing any makeup or anything. So I already felt weird to begin with. And there are all these people wearing, you know, like, brown and having, like, their backpacks on with lots of stuff attached to them excellent and so i'm just wandering the woods like not looking like i belong there anyway and then i look at the sign it says yeah 2.3 miles uh, to the top of angel's rest i'm like yeah. oh. and it's just all uphill it was all loose rocks it was awful and so greg is busy typing on the screen the entire time hiking is awesome and here's the thing about it here's i put my finger on it during the break you know what hiking here's why hiking isn't awesome hiking is just like when you hike you're in a gym made out of dirt I mean, that's really what it is. It's, 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 like, it's never ending. Yeah. You're going to a 24-hour fitness made out of rocks and mud. That's that's really it. Now, if you're camping, I mean, at least I guess you can make the point that I'm not into camping either. But, I mean, you at least the argument can be made that you, it is a social event. You're stopping. You're hanging out. You have a drink. You build a fire. You do a thing. You, whatever. Mm-hmm. You, you sing lesbian seagull. Whatever it is you're going to do. Whereas hiking, like when you're hiking, you can't really do anything because... Like conversation is impossible because you're, oh, how far till we can mm. stop? <sighs> you know, and I mean, it, it, you know, unless you're uh, some Livestrong guy, and Sarah and clearly like- is not that, and neither am I. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you know what I mean? If you're hiking, especially if you're hiking around here, you're going to be high enough up that you feel like, um, you know, you feel like you got to focus so you don't fall off, uh, you know, yeah, the side yeah. of the cliff or, and you know, I'm, whatever. I'm not a big fan of the heights. And, like, at some points we were literally, quite literally, on the edge of a cliff yeah. as we're walking with loose rocks. And we're kind of sliding. And I'm like, I could, you know, fall off. I'm going to be a Darwin watch tomorrow and fall off, like, a thousand feet off this cliff. And so you're hot and you're tired and you feel like there's less oxygen, which maybe there is, maybe there isn't. But you start to think that in your head. You're like, I don't know, the air is just so thin up here. I was starting to get lightheaded. And honestly, my fingers turned into sausages. They swelled up. It was so creepy. And then you get that thing where you are simultaneously tired and sort of irritated at the whole thing. Why are you making me do this? Why are we hiking? Is there some payoff at but the end of this? you don't want to be the annoying person that keeps complaining, so oh. you keep trying to keep your complaints to yourself. I am the annoying person. I don't make any bones about it. I figured that there was nothing to be gained by hiding my hatred of the outdoors or physical activity of any kind in, the, in like the woods or the wilderness or the forest or the, any of that. No, then Ryan's like taunting me. He's like, oh, this is an easy one. I once did 28 miles in one day. I'm just like, you know what? F you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On that that note, at the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. Awesome. From the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, you. this is Tim Riley. Good morning. It's 6.01. Temperatures today in the 60s. Rain next couple days. You know what happens every time you get near a train? It'll chomp off your legs. A man lost his legs when a Union Pacific freight train ran over him as it passed through Salem this morning. It's not clear. Uh... Exactly what time it happened. It was going about 35 miles an hour. The engineer saw the man apply the brakes, but it was too late. It chopped his leg off. But, I mean, where was the guy? I mean, obviously in front charge. of the trip, but I mean, just standing there, sleeping there? I guess there? so. It was at uh, McGillchrist Street, southeast. Now you believe that if somebody's on the train tracks, that's intentional. There's no way. How could you accidentally? I mean, you can't not notice the train coming, right? So unless you right. are impaired in some way. You know, like in other words, if there's been some sort of an accident, or uh, you know, like if you're if you're biking across the tracks and your bike catches somehow and pitches you off, 
But I mean, even then, it's like a million to one shot of the odds of you being on the track at the same time that the train's going to come along. Mm. And I can't imagine how, see, and even that doesn't make any sense because unless you were really, unless Snidely Whiplash had actually tied you to the tracks, there is no way that you could be on the tracks with insufficient time to get off the tracks before the train got there unless you got on the tracks as the train was nearly upon you regardless. So I, you know, and, and so even if you're some homeless guy who's like sleeping it off, like you would never choose to sleep it off on the tracks. Yet people do every day yeah. after they've been warned. See, but I suspect that that's always just a guy who, when he's drunk, just figures, well, this is this is about where my life is going to be. I might as well just try the next, you know, the next pole on the karma wheel. All right, here's Tim Riley. So a Portland-based airline is doing very well. It's called Seaport Airlines. Why they're adding service to Yakima? It's so popular. <laughs> To Hooray. take people to the Fresh Hop Ale Festival. That's the uh, the big deal in Yakima. This is a small commuter service. It was launched June 30th. And they operate a small fleet of single-engine planes. The good part is passengers do not have to be screened for weapons and forbidden substances. So it's doing a booming business. So this is sort of like, uh, wait, so but you can only go to, to Yakima? Well, let's see. They'll take you to Pendleton, too. Astoria and Newport. So That's take great. your pick. So if you want to go directly to the prison, they can uh, they can handle that. So it's sort of a uh, it's a more efficient way to get to a place that you don't really want to go to anyway. Right. You can bring your guns or illegal substances. It uh, costs 148 bucks to get to uh, Seattle. You know, I've said for the longest time that they ought to give you the option of there ought to be an airline like that that goes everywhere where like you know there's no security check to speak of you know but but then you sign a thing saying that you release the airport from liability if like you know if the plane explodes halfway through the uh, through the sky or something i mean just sort of give you the option of uh you know of just uh, of waiving all of that so i'm wondering if this new law just passed in poland could apply to roman polanski it says here poland okays forcible castration for pedophiles they've approved a law making chemical castration mandatory for pedophiles this is sparking criticism from human rights group. Under the law, uh, sponsored by Poland Center right-wing government, pedophiles convicted of raping children under the age of 15 or a close relative would have to undergo chemical therapy. And this is for everyone. So we'll find out. But then again, they're telling people to leave Roman Polanski alone. And then on the other hand, they're passing this law. But so I, they're going to castrate people with chemicals? I, yeah, what does that, how, what does that mean, though? Gnarly. When you say they're going to... Because I just picture them dipping some guy's junk in a barrel of acid. Just there, that's away. probably exactly what it is. But I mean, is it, or is it just like one of those... Uh, where they, do they just dose you with something that makes you... Um, it says chemical therapy. That's all it says. Chemical therapy. I like anything that is referred to as therapy uh, when it's the government. Whenever the government is instituting something called therapy, that really is just code for locking a guy up in a room and beating him with a broom handle while shocking him with electrodes. So this is a thing where it just renders you does – it, does it just get rid of your – whatever, your sex drive, or does it make you impotent? Or It doesn't say. I guess I haven't tried it yet. Okay. They're looking for a guinea pig. They're beta testing. Yes. All right. Uh, Florida story. A worker in serious condition after a two-ton piece of machinery fell on his head. The accident occurred at the United States Gypsum Company when two employees were operating a piece of equipment, and both employees thought the other one was attached to the machine's safety chain. It, they were not. The equipment broke loose, fell about five feet onto the head of one of the employees. It was a man in his 50s. The machine pinned the man against the floor, and the other worker was unharmed. It speaks well of the thickness of that guy's skull of a 210 piece of machinery can fall 30 feet on his head, and he's not dead. Melbourne, Florida. 37-year-old woman arrested after a tow truck driver told police she had offered to sell her child in exchange for gas money. What? Uh, the woman's name is Marcy. She's charging Marcy. her child neglect in connection with the incident. They're continuing their investigation. 
They received a 911 call from a tow truck driver who said a woman had tried to sell her six-year-old boy in exchange for gas money to a gas station. The driver refused. And uh, well, because really, what can you get for a Florida kid? I mean, what is it? I mean, yeah, what are you going to do with a six-year-old? That's not a gift. I mean, really. I know, really. <laughs> so I have to give you gas for free, and I have to raise your kid. Thanks so much. I appreciate that. Uh, the white sedan was pulled over a short time later by police. The six-year-old boy sat in the trunk of the car and cried as the mother was led away. Don't cry, kid. You're better off. Doesn't matter. They could pick what random. Is in the trunk. Random the trunk? families yeah. out of the phone book to raise you, and you'd be better off. Uh, Mary Aker, a friend who was in the car with a woman, told police the tow truck driver requested sex with the mother in exchange for gas money. When she refused, she made up the story. I don't even know what's happening anymore. This, uh, this just, is Florida. And I've completely lost my way. Forget it, Jake. It's Florida. Wait a minute. Was that we both did that? Did you that was weird. It? That was like, yes. Yes, I and did. And we didn't even communicate that. Okay, that was bizarre. That, that was, was like in Joust uh, when you did, you know, you'd hit your lances uh, directly on at the same height. Huh. Here's Tim Riley. Well, this sounds a bit childish. Somebody has stolen a disabled man's tricycle. St. Paul, Minnesota police are looking for the suspect responsible for stealing a disabled man's tricycle from his backyard. The uh, 47-year-old uh, challenge man had placed the trank in his backyard last week before it was taken. A witness reported seeing someone ride the tricycle away in the neighborhood. It's a 47-year-old man's tricycle. Yes. Is it's it a... the man's primary mode of transportation. Is oh. he a disabled Lilliputian? Uh, yes, somewhat. Isn't the tricycle like a little tiny, isn't that the little it kids is. thing? Maybe no one taught him how to ride a bike yet. Um, all right. I mean, he's like the trike. Well, this would be, real... be a good time to buy him a bike. Is the trike really big or is he really small? It does not say. I guess they have, anything. They have man-sized tricycles. A man-sized. Is I... <laughs> that like having a man-sized hunger? I see. No, I see people riding them on Hawthorne. I have not seen that. I got a powerful need to do me some motivating. I need a man-sized this tricycle. Is, this is a, a mansicle. It's a it's a man. It's a mansicle. <laughs> and usually it's like um, men who like to go from bar to bar and they don't want to fall off. That little legs. basket. Uh, <laughs> are you kidding me? Horn. No, I'm, I swear. From one speakeasy to the next. Go to Angelo's at any time of the day, and there will usually be a, a man tricycle parked out front. I don't. I don't understand. Where would you? For, Is there valet service for this? <laughs> Pardon me, sir. Would you like me to park your mansicle? Very good, Monsieur. Give me your keys. Excellent. So where? A. Where do you buy a man-sized tricycle? At like specialty bike stores. Like you can get them. When you say specialty, you mean? <laughs> no. I mean no. Like all kinds of bike shops. Like where you can buy. Uh, you know, whatever the two-person ones are. What is the theoretical That's use for those? That's a bicycle built for two. I, in other words... Yeah, the, Tandem, there we go. Like, they're being used by drunks, but what is the presumable use? Like, if I were to ask the for store... For people with bad balance, maybe? Or for, or for like, for the disabled, perhaps. Yeah. Although, if you're disabled, you can't ride a tricycle anyway. You, could, you couldn't pedal. It, it seems like you rode it out of the yard. I get, but I mean, but you know what I mean. Like, if you're disabled enough, how could you operate a tricycle anyway? So, was it an, electri- an electric tricycle? Was it like a rascal? It did not specify. Except they're not rascals anymore. What is the thing they are now? It's, if you go to the like Safeway or Fred Meyer, I used to say rascal because that's the thing they they used to advertise Maybe that on television. Call it a freedom now. No, there's, <laughs> there's they used to have that uh, just that woman who was just a huge load, and she would say, "I'm a rascal in my little rascal," and then she'd drive away in her little have electronic you ever thing. One of those? What's that? Have you ever ridden in a rascal? I've been tempted to, but I I figured the one time that I will go into a store and decide to ride a rascal around just to amuse myself, that'll be the time that there's like a parade of the feeble outside and they need access to it, like for real. Uh, and then I'll just look like a jackass. Like and I'll the one time you use the handicap stall? Totally, no. And I'll have like a weird, I'll have like a Larry David uh, moment. So it's not called a rascal anymore. There's some other motivated, uh, you know, the, like uh, the, the motorized thing that people use to get around in stores. Back to the issue of the tricycle. So 
Are these people you know or are these just like people you've seen that take a tricycle to a bar so that they can then pedal down the street to another bar later without having to walk or drive? Well, I yeah, I know them, like not them friends because they're usually like older drunken gentlemen. Um, but I do have a friend who was looking into uh, purchasing one because he, <laughs> he's, I'm not going to say his name, but, but he has a bicycle, but he kept falling off of it. And so he needed uh, so he needed a bicycle that was simple enough to operate while intoxicated. Yes. Well, that's kind of forward thinking in and a way. I, you know, I really believe so. No, I mean, okay. You know, I mean, that's a guy who was planning his work and working his plan. <laughs> Hi, you're on the uh, Rick Emerson Show. Hello, how are you? Hey, Rick, how's it going? Uh, it is uh, Dandy, my friend. What's up? <laughs> I found a new bacon-flavored snack food I figured you might be interested in, because I know you're a, a purveyor of such. I'm a bacon enthusiast. Uh, I tried bacon-flavored peanuts yesterday. Big uh, peanuts. Uh, where where did you get these? Where were they, sir? On McAdam Avenue, the 76 station that's kind of like on your right, like before OPP and all that. Right. Yeah, they had them in there. They were planners. So this is, okay, so it's not like a uh, like one of those weird like off brands that sometimes sits in a bag next to the register uh, by the marzipan or whatever. So this right. is so they're planters and they're peanuts with a hint of bacon. Yes. Yes, and I say I'm actually going to go by there. Maybe I'll pick you up an extra bag and, and leave them at the front for you. Well, that's that's mighty kind of you, sir. Do they? Uh, let me ask you this: Do they actually taste like bacon? Because we've discovered some of those bacon snack foods really just taste like more of a generic barbecue kind of a thing. Like those Pringles, the bacon Pringles don't taste like bacon. For example, they simply taste like Pringles barbecue chips. Do these actually mm. taste like bacon? Yeah, but a synthetic bacon. Synthetic I mean, it was, bacon. It was okay, but I mean, yeah, I'll leave it for you to decide. I they're okay. Excellent. All right, and thank you in advance. Oh, we're up. Real quick, I wanted to add on the chemical castration. I, I think what it does is it kind of. Oh. Yes. <laughs> and we will never know. Damn it, now I'm just going to be frustrated. <laughs> Walmart sells adult tricycles, and Schwinn makes them. Well, I guess I'm. I guess $248, I'm a... and they get five stars. $248. What? They look like they're fun. I guess my thing is it seems good on the back. But then they seem like kind of a toys. niche item. Do you know what I mean? I suppose so, but Schwinn makes them. Maybe yeah. we'll get you to ride your bike a little more. Well, I guess no, that's clearly not going to happen. <laughs> All right, it's uh, 503-228-4101. This guy says, you're talking about a hand-cranked mantricle. All right, well, I guess that's the official name. Straight ahead, we have Ball Talk with Greg Nibbler coming up at uh, 7 o'clock. We'll check in with Court and Fatboy. They are uh, live at Survive It and Drive It at the Vancouver Auto Mall, the corner of 4th Plain and Auto Mall Drive. We will find out what is up with uh, Katie and Jessica as we enter the second week of this contest. Coming up at 7.40, Nathan Fillion from Firefly Castle. Stay there. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Share your thoughts with billions. They're scouring, goose-stepping commies. That's what freaks me out about them. Sour pusses. Call 503-228-4101. The Rick Emerson Show returns. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us today. It's 503-228-4101. 503 503- 228-4101. Coming up at uh, 7.40 this morning, we'll talk to Nathan Fillion. He of uh, Firefly Castle and Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog uh, fame. And yeah, I will. I'm not going to. I probably won't ask him about the, the Serenity sequel. It's going to be happening because cause I'll be like the nine billionth guy asking. And, and let's be honest. I mean, the, 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 the odds that Nathan Fillion is going to. Because somebody already sent me an email. Like, are you going to ask him about the sequel to Serenity? I, I, I'm hoping it comes out sometime soon. The odds are so long. That he would choose this show as the forum in which to break that news, that there's just no point. And all I would be is like the nine billionth person I'm asking that. Especially because the nature of Joss Whedon fans is such 
There's probably somebody hiding in Joss Whedon's toilet right now, just uh, eavesdropping on everything he says, just so they can get the advance word on, like, the next Firefly project. So, you know, you'd probably know by now. I am going to ask him if they're going to be sequelizing Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog, though. So uh, to the person who emailed me that, uh, I will be asking that. We'll talk to uh, Court and Fatboy there out at uh, Survive It and Drive It. That's going to be at 7 o'clock. Tim Riley's tracking the following headlines on your Monday morning. Six blazer burglars is sentenced. A woman is found dead in a Beaverton trailer park and Spokane psycho killer files for bankruptcy. I'm sorry, I thought there was going to be one more there. And what about those ducks, Greg Nibbler? <laughs> what about them? Okay. It's 503-228-4101. It's time for Ball Talk with Greg Nibbler. Ah, you know... I so look forward to the day when I press something over here and it works the first time. All right. What kind of a show would that be? Bald talk with, there we go, Greg Nibbler, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Well, uh, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about here. Um, Starting off with the NBA, some NBA news. The Blazers are seeking the 15th player for their roster. They've got one roster spot left. They've got uh, about four or five people they're auditioning right now, mostly a bunch of has-beens and no-names that are pointless to be auditioning because Ime Udoka is one of those people, Portland native Ime Udoka. They should be just signing him. There's no point to go through all of this. He's awesome. If I were the general manager, this would have been settled a while ago. Is Ime that thing that looks like... um... Looks like peas. I'm not sure. I'm not sure That's how. Edamame. Ah, oh, there we go. Sorry. Yes. Right. Well, anyway, he's oh. uh, he's there, so hopefully he'll be signed. And uh, also in NBA news, Lamar Odom and Khloe Kardashian got married in a star-studded Ooh. wedding in L.A. That seems to be everywhere. This news is all over the place. Why I don't know, but uh, nonetheless, they have been married, so everybody can rest easy now. Uh, so Khloe Kardashian, she's not the fat one. She's the yes. fat one that stood us up. Yes. I thought it was Courtney Kardashian. No, no. Courtney Kardashian's hot. Courtney okay. Kardashian's the yeah, the pretty one. Yeah, she's really hot, but she's the pregnant one now. So wait a minute. So hold on. So Kim Kardashian is the famous one. Yes. Courtney Kardashian's the pretty one. Yes. Chloe Kardashian, fat one stood us up. Fat Coke addict. Merit. <laughs> it doesn't seem like those two things. You're doing it wrong, uh, Chloe. You're you're either it's not really cocaine or you're putting it in the wrong place. Because it seems like those would be mutually exclusive descriptors. Uh, yeah, if you went to Google Trends this morning, it, like the top nine out of ten results were all about her marrying this Laker guy. And wasn't this the thing where Joe Francis, the Girls Gone Wild guy, put the whole ceremony together? Yeah, he was supposed to, and then like ended up canceling at the last minute. Who? That's another person who never, who was a no show for his interviews as well. Yes, I don't think we actually teased him because we were unclear about whether he was actually going to be on the show or not. But so Joe Francis, uh, the guy behind Girls Gone Wild, was supposed to be on the show Friday, never showed up. And, in fact, his people, like his publicists, never even oh, heard they were from pissed. him. They couldn't yeah. find him. Yeah, they were irate. He uh, didn't just show up, not only for us, but for, like, the entire country. The good news is they did give us a cell phone number, which is going to go uh, right in the Rolodex next to Al Sharpton's cell phone number, which we've also never used. That's another thing behind glass, just waiting for the uh, waiting for the right moment. Uh, I'm sorry. Here's uh, Greg Nibbler with Ball Talk. All right. Uh, so, can, uh, continuing on here, college football. It has been an exciting football season so far. There have been a ton of upsets. It's actually been awesome. Four of the top ten teams lost this last weekend, including... California, the University of Oregon actually destroyed them. It was, uh, I think it was 42-3 to was the final score. So U of O has found a solution to not having LeGarrette Blunt. They actually they look pretty good. They have a good shot of uh, winning the uh, Pac-10 this year. So they vaulted up to the rankings and num- to number 16 right now. We'll see how long that lasts. Oregon State not so much. Um, they uh, they looked pathetic. I don't even really want to talk about it. It was terrible. And I was watching that in a sports bar. 
You watched it? Were you really? Yes, wow. I was. But are you being ironic? I can't tell. <laughs> oh, no, I was at a sports bar watching it. I couldn't tell if I this was like a... Were you in a sports bar? Well, we had a gift certificate to eat at this establishment. Is this a transparent I... uh, attempt to be relatable, Tim? No, it is a true story. Oh. I, I was at the sports bar. Was this at the agency? People. I no. pictured Tim eating chicken it, wings it and the, taking uh... shots of Jaeger. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was at the British pub. When are the bitches getting here? <laughs> oh, the Thirsty Lion. Oh, the Thirsty yeah. Lion downtown. Yeah, there were people screaming watching TV, and I'm wondering, what is this? What game is this? And finally, I saw Oregon upside down on the field. That, well, this must be Oregon State or something. Actually, it wasn't even them. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't. My brain, I can't wrap anything around this. So they were playing in Arizona. Or were they playing that, Arizona? That was Oregon State. That was so Oregon State. They were at home playing. Or- oh, forget it. This is like if you were to say that over the weekend, you've got to. I was gotta- watching it on television, though, and there were people. <laughs> so you deduced from that. That's like if you were to reveal well, that over this weekend knew, you got a gold medal in a pommel they were, horse. They were the different color of the Oregon Ducks because I'm familiar with their colors and it was not. So therefore, it was the Oregon Beavers, correct? Oregon State Beavers. Oh, yes. Well, yes. close enough. Okay. Some, some kind of contest. All right. <laughs> so, and uh, all right. I was watching it in those sports bars. <laughs> um, so uh, and you dub also uh, lost. I declared that on Friday and uh, I was absolutely right on that. Stanford destroyed them. You dub had no right being ranked number twenty four. Um, after beating USC, they'll probably have to revel in that USC win because that's the last one they're going to have for the next few years. That's it was pathetic. Um, all right, in NFL news, there was a lot of stuff that went on. Peyton Manning threw four touchdown passes. The Saints beat the Bills, leaving T.O. star of the T.O. show without a catch for the first time since his rookie season in 1996, which is awesome. Uh, Mark Sanchez became the first rookie quarterback to start his career at three and zero. The Detroit Lions ended their 19 game losing streak by beating the Washington Redskins. That's their first win in over 21 months, but the St. Louis Rams are quick on the tail of that with their 13th straight loss, so uh, more futility going on there. And Brett Favre had the game-winning touchdown against the uh, San Francisco 49ers, and uh, with the 32 seconds left, he threw a touchdown and actually won the game there. It was actually pretty cool. And um, so there's a lot of stuff that went on there with the NFL. And the Portland Timbers are going to be uh, starting off their uh, semifinal round home playoff match on Sunday, October 4th at PGE Park. It's presented by Spirit Mountain Casino. The kickoff is scheduled for 4 p.m. and single-game tickets for the semifinal match start at $14 in advance and are on sale at the PGE Park box office, area Ticketmaster locations online at Ticketmaster.com or by phone at 800-745-3000. And if you're calling number 10 right now at 503-228-4101, we will give you a pair of tickets to go check that out. That's the Portland Timbers in their home playoff match Sunday, October 4th at PG Park, presented by Spearman Casino. Tim would and like you to set aside a pair of those uh, right now for him, actually. <laughs> and he's going to get all wasted beforehand. And then go punch a dude in the face. <laughs> well, I was wondering what people were screaming in this bar. The last time I went, it was quiet. There seems to be some sort of an event taking place. I can't figure out why all the noise. Well, I saw Oregon and Risa written in the grass, so I figured it must be something familiar. Awesome. Uh, 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. If you are a caller 10 right now, you pick up those tickets. The Rick Emerson Show continues next with Tim Riley at the news desk. Stay right there. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO.
It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It is uh, Monday, September 28th. It's 503-228-4101. Coming up uh, in the next hour, we will talk to Court and Fatboy. They are on site for KUFO's Survive It and Drive It contest. By the way, I got a whole series of of emails and the, the Facebook postings, the, the texts and Twitters and whatever from people who were there. As we suspected, there were a lot of folks who were kind of listening to that all through the week but didn't get a chance to go until the weekend. So somebody, I forget who, somebody said something about, like on Saturday afternoon, they were watching the webcam, and I just looked at it now, and for a second I thought that, I, what's her name, I thought that Katie's blanket had sort of achieved some sort of sentient intelligence of its own, because I guess she was underneath it trying to get some sleep, and the, it just sort of began to, to to sort of ripple around, and apparently she was tossing and turning underneath there, but it looked as though her tiger-faced blanket uh, had... Is it uh, speaking with you? Yes. It takes a lot of air to fill those lungs. In the... Uh, in the in the voice of Aslan, yes, it began to talk to me. Uh, but I guess at some point this weekend, if you're watching the webcam, there was, let's see if I can recreate this from memory, there were eight people standing outside the vehicle, all with kazoos, and they were performing a synchronized kazoo-based version of I'm a Barbie Girl in a Barbie World, while three guys in Mexican wrestling masks were square dancing and slamming into the side of the truck. All of this while Katie and Jessica were unsuccessfully trying to sleep. So I missed that. It's uh, kind of amazing. And there was, and there was like, I don't know, four in the afternoon or something on a Saturday. So it was uh, it was quite a weekend for everybody involved. We'll check with uh, Gordon Fatboy uh, next hour. Coming up about one hour from now, 740, we'll talk to Nathan Fillion uh, from the ABC show Castle, as well as, of course, Firefly and uh, Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. At some point today before 9 o'clock, you're going to get a, a pair of tickets to see Motorhead and the Reverend Horton Heat. Uh, they're coming to the Rosalind this Saturday. So be listening to that. Who knows how old Lemmy is? Anyone? Anyone? Uh, 53. Tim? Lemmy? 52. Greg Nibbler? Lemmy? 57. 63. Go! Oh, for oh, the win. Oh. There you go. That's what I'm talking about right there. And we'd still beat all of our asses, uh, you know, while it's never spilling the drink that is uh, ensconced in his other hand. At the news desk, it is your personal savior, Tim Riley. Live from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. 643 now. It's going to rain the next couple days. Highs only in the 60s. The Oregonian announces a voluntary buyout program. It's offered to all its new staff and even some of its business employees. The interim publisher sent out a letter Friday announcing the buyout, which is uh, due to the newspaper's financial situation. It would prompt another round of layoffs before the year's end if people don't snap this up. Now, what does a buyout mean? What, uh, well, for every year that you've been there, they'll give you a certain amount of money. They'll they'll pay you to leave. So this, we don't have that in this business. We're just shown the door usually, and we come back a few months later. Is the uh, they pay us to leave temporarily, uh, except without the paying part? Right. Is is the buyout? Is this sort of like on Let's Make a Deal, where the guy says, uh, "Okay, now I could just give you this five hundred dollars, or you could take whatever is behind curtain number five. And then behind curtain number five might be a lifetime of continued employment with that fine newspaper. That's not going to happen. Uh, no, but, prob- but you know that it's probably a goat, right? <laughs> or just a, just a big pile of straw, not they're even not, a goat. They're not offering goats, though. It's uh, when you, money. Here's my second analogy. So it sounds like a, uh, like a newspaper buyout or a buyout anywhere. Which, do they do that at other businesses? Like where they offer to give you like X amount of money if you'll just sort of get out? Oh, sure. We work with people like that. They, they all have these golden parachutes, these business people, all, oh, these, well, that's uh, all these boomers have them. I guess that's true. I guess if you work upstairs where they're also given internet access, I, I guess you might be offered that. Uh, the buyout sounds like when you're in a Vegas casino and the dealer at the blackjack table offers you insurance. Mm-hmm. Or as they always say, insurance? Uh, and, and then you say no because you figure, what are the odds that they could have an ace? Oh, they've got an ace! Like, and then you're busted. 
We're transferring you to the Bangkok office. You're moving up, not moving out. So you did catch up on Mad Men from last week. I did. Look, I'm not going to give any spoilers from last night. You know, I'm not that guy. Uh, You'd like to. I would. See, they're so dead, and and we are not graced today by the presence of Christy Turnquist. She'll be back uh, next week. But now we've reached this event horizon where Christy is the only person in the building who has seen Mad Men on Monday morning. I myself, me, Rick Emerson, in service to the people, I deprive myself of sleep so that I can come in and be culturally literate about a show that no one has, uh, that no one here has watched. So last night, Californication and Mad Men uh, and Dexter, all of which I watched and committed to memory and filed away several amusing anecdotes and observations about each one of those. And then Nibbler hadn't even watched. Did you watch? Do you have cable? Uh, I do, but I don't have like Showtime, HBO stuff. Savages. So but you can watch uh, anything on the internet. I don't have cable. Yeah, but see, with some of that stuff is trickier to like. You have Mad to give Men's it a, a day or difficult. two. Yeah, yeah. They've kind of started cracking down on that. So I won't give any spoilers. I'm just going to say last night's Mad Men was. It was unbelievably good. I mean, it's just... Uh, all I'll say is this, and this is not a spoiler again, but they do a great little device. This is kind of a cheap, manipulative ploy that shows sometimes do, but it's one that is effective when it's performed correctly. They start the episode by showing you how it ends, but the ending is so out of context, it doesn't make any sense, and then the rest of the episode is like jumping back in time and then getting to that point. So they start at Z, and then they jump back at A, and then the whole episode is like, how do they arrive at Z? And uh, yeah, it is. Uh, it was really, it was quite good. It was really something. Cool. Here's uh, Tim Riley. Six trailblazer burglars have been sentenced to breaking into the home of the former player Cliff Robertson over and over again. In March, they took more than one hundred thousand dollars worth of his property. Punishment will range from probation to a liberal judge to three years in the pokey. About eight hundred demonstrators rallied outside a Glen Beck salute in Mount Vernon, Washington, over the weekend. Some were supporters; others didn't like the fact that he was given the key to the city to show his great sense of humor. Mr. Beck gave the city fathers a copy of one of his own house keys. Let's go back to this business of trailblazing burglars. You don't mean trailblazing like in the sense that they were creating new and innovative ways in which to steal your stuff. These are actually trailblazers. No, play on words. Are these, Greg, are these former trailblazers or, or current trailblazers? Well, it's one trailblazer. It's Cliff Robinson, and his house was robbed. I think it was like six times or something in the last... Six times. Yeah, yeah. It was something an insane amount of times for for like the last few months. But then did they? But then did it turn out that it was other? Who was doing this? Burglars. Okay, but it wasn't being robbed by other trailblazers. No, no, no. no. Ah. Oh, you're, you're, you misunderstand That's, me. No, because no, no. I was wondering at that point yet. Okay, but that is a great idea. I mean, because that does seem to be the logical end point of the trailblazers, where it'd be like an Amway thing, where they're just robbing each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, there'll be there'll be nobody left who would let a trailblazer anywhere near your home or your family or your sister. So they'll have no choice but to burgle one another. All right. Uh, what was I going to say? Trailblazer theft, robbery. Gone, gone, gone from this place. Whatever I was, whatever it is, I was going to say. Is, is oh, gone. don't worry about it. Here's, You'll catch up later. Here's Tim Riley. So uh, let's talk to Mackenzie Phillips' sister, whose name is, I would say, China. It is spelled C H Y N N A. Some hippie. Uh, they are hippies, and uh, their family having a freer brand of love than most, even for that generation. China Phillips is known to everybody, and by everybody I mean Sarah Dillon, as uh, what's your name from Wilson Phillips. Phillips. The so, pretty um, one with the short blonde She's hair. the cute blonde girl. So in, in Wilson Phillips, so just as... In, I love Wilson Phillips. I just sang Wilson Phillips karaoke this weekend. They're the, really? Mm-hmm. They're the, uh, did you substitute uh, exotic new words about uh, daddy giving you uh, what uh, for in the bedroom? No, no, no. Not like your daddy. <laughs> but I, So just like with the Kardashians, there's the cute one, the famous one, the fat one. Wilson Phillips, there was 
the blonde one, uh, the hot one, and the fat one. Uh, the fat one, of course, being the only one who can sing, which is usually the case. China's- they'd always kind of like squish her in the far back of the music videos. Or any picture would be like the two hot ones in the front, and then like there's China Phillips's head. Or Carney's in a car Carney. driving by in the background. <laughs> yeah, Carney's like way in the background, all like blurry. Carney, will you uh, will you go around the corner and then just stick your head out? That'd be great. That's it. back farther, farther, farther. Uh, or they would do that thing they did to Ann Wilson in the 80s. We're like, uh, okay, Nancy Wilson, you're going to be in a gold lame bikini. Uh, Ann Wilson, you're going to be in a welder's outfit. So uh, let's get ready to shoot, shall we? So China Phillips is the hot blonde girl from Wilson Phillips, yes. Well, see, she says that uh, she agrees that this happened to her sister Mackenzie, but China wants everyone to know she never had incest with her father or with Mackenzie either. The memories that I do hold on to my father are the ones of us taking walks on the beach, writing songs together, laughing. He was a very charismatic man. He was. She said that the other day. Mm-hmm. Very charismatic, very charming. You know, sometimes the worst of the worst can be the most delightful to be around. Believe it or not. Mm-hmm. It is really true. They have this quality about them that sucks you in, draws you in. So my father was a very talented man, a very loving man in many ways and i know that sounds crazy but he really did no, have it a, doesn't he sound had crazy. a huge heart uh-huh. i don't think anybody sounds appropriately upset about this I thought that it, I was it wasn't the tears. heart that mckinsey am i the only one who's, who's noticing that though that no one says like and f him he was a bastard and he also was he was a pedophile my sister yeah i guess i mean it's the press of admission to get back in the public eye I, well, I can understand that. I, that, that. See, that I don't agree. I, I don't disagree with. See, I totally get that, right? That, like, I mean, look, it's not like anybody's calling Wilson Phillips to come to do, you know, like, a reunion tour oh, or something. I would. Right. Well, I know you would, but I... I think well, a lot... If yeah, I were you, I'd right. start an internet petition right now. Okay. I demand that Wilson Phillips come back this instant. Um, they have a couple of days open at the Oregon Zoo. So, I don't understand... I mean, I don't understand, though, why they're all taking this particular tack of, like, he was a swell guy. You know what I mean? Like, I, like, I don't... I don't... I don't I'm not puzzled by the fact that they're all suddenly appearing on television. As you said, Tim, one get, one gets into the ride using whatever ticket one has. And That's right now correct. the ticket is the, oh, yeah, my not, dad. Not everyone can be on Dancing with the Stars. No. So, you have to take it one step further. Or say the F word. Right now the step that everybody's taking is, hey, my dad was a daughter buggerer. So, you know, but whatever, you know, I, I, I guess whatever gets you back in the spotlight. But the strange thing is how they're all hewing to the same party line of like, well, he was a good guy. Mm-hmm. And no one, which is just sort of, I mean, I know he's your dad and all, but I... But he kept his slacks on. That's right. So, it's odd. It I mean, is really does it sound odd. like a little bit of weird brainwashing, like even after the fact? I mean, it's not like you found out your dad was D.B. Cooper or something. Like, that would at least be cool. Like, this is a whole lot of... And apparently she's known for like 10 years. Uh, that he was like sticking China? it to, to McKenzie. Yeah, I guess I think she said in this interview that she's known for either ten or eleven years about the fact that he was like putting it to, to Mackenzie Phillips. And and the, like and by the way, I should note that ten years ago he was still alive, and nobody thought to tell anybody about it then. Uh, you know, while he was still that kind of around and kicking, look really bad. It's just weird. It's, but it seems like that that'd be particularly soulless. This yeah. is a big bandwagon for everybody to yeah. jump on. Yeah, they're all very strangely sort of not bothered by it. Well, Davy Jones says he stands by the allegations that uh, John Phillips and the Mamas and the Papas sexually abused McKenzie. So that's an important... If Davy Jones stands by you, you know this must be true. <laughs> He's the E.F. Hutton of the music world. When he talks, people listen to him. Uh, regarding why McKenzie revealed dark family secrets to the world, Jones speculates, hmm, Burt Reynolds just came out of rehab. We've got all these characters going into rehab to kick booze or drugs or whatever. Maybe this is her rehab, says Davy Jones. 
And they asked Davy Jones about this. What did he just? Was Davy Jones just walking by a microphone somewhere and decided to shove his way to the? No, I, no, no. I've got to get so. forward. I've got something to say. All right. Yes, Greg is suggesting that Wilson Phillips can uh, tour with Ace of Base uh, at this point. All right. Didn't I hear you listening to Wilson Phillips in your car the other day? Oh yeah. No, I have. I have their. Uh tape in my car. You celebrate their entire first I tape? I enjoy their tape. In Please my tell me you own one of their follow-up albums. I do. Really? <laughs> I did. I, I was did. just effing with you. I didn't think they had any follow-up oh, albums. No, Get they out. Had, they had a couple more. They weren't They weren't as good. They weren't as magical as the first one. All right, hold on. Let's see if I can name now. Uh, I'm going to name for you every Wilson Phillips song I can come up with. Okay. Uh, you got your uh, Hold On. You got your Impulsive. Yes. You got your... Um, Impulsive, restless, lose myself in your kiss. Um, I think that might be it. Wait, hold on. Impulsive, hold on. God, there's one more and I can't think of it. Am I missing a really obvious hit? This is hold on, right? Yes, this is. There's impulsive, impulsive there's hold release on. Me. Release me. Baby, you've just got to release me. There's eyes like twins. All right. You know, ever since I was exposed to the thing of Nibbler and Paddock singing that Taylor Swift song, suddenly it all comes out that way. All right. I never heard that. Oh, there's some things you can't unhear. Uh, you go to rickemerson.com, you can see this video of, of Greg Nibbler and Chris Paddock with megaphones. Serenading is too kind of word, but they're screaming this Taylor Swift song at the Survive It and Drive It. You people. have to figure out what we're going to do today, Rick. Uh, I, get those. I think I might just beg. I think I might just get down on my hands and knees and I just beg cry. sweet Jesus. They're still sleeping. Yeah. You should. Uh, say it's how it's impacting my life in a negative way the longer they're in the truck. You can take away the tiger blanket and make her beg for you to give it back. Just hold it just out of reach. Reach for it. Come on. Can we bring garbage with us from the station and dump it into the truck? Sure. Who am I to say no to a young girl's dream? Uh, coming up next hour, we'll talk to Court and uh, Fatboy there on site at Dick Hanna Dodge as the Survive It and Drive It as the Survive It and Drive It contest continues. Nathan Fillion from Firefly Castle, Dr. Horrible's Sing Along Blog, Waitress, and more. You'll be here at uh, 7:40, and uh, we'll have an encore of our visit with Amanda Moyer. She discusses the sweet, sweet justice coming many, many years later for Roman Polanski. Stay there; it's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101. K. Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland. It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503 228 4101. 503 228-4101. In mere moments, we will uh, go to uh, Gordon Fatboy. They are on site at Dick Hanna Dodge, corner of 4th Plain and Auto Mall Drive in Vancouver as KUFO's Survive It and Drive It contest continues unabated, baited, baited, baited. That is uh, now entering its second week. So it was, uh, I guess, well, it was, so it was one week ago, one week, six minutes ago. That four people went into the truck. There are now two people remaining, uh, Jessica and Katie. So they're both in there. As of now, last person out uh, wins uh, the vehicle. Although I guess if, if they get to next Monday at 7 a.m., then there's some sort of, I don't know, there's like some force majeure thing that kicks in. And the audience, uh, I guess, picks somebody or votes somebody out. It's all very complicated. We'll uh, get a handle on that here in just a bit with Court and uh, Fatboy. Tim Riley's tracking the following stories for you on this Monday morning. A woman is found dead in the Beaverton trailer park. CNN is planning life after Larry King. A Texas woman is charged with stealing money from a corpse. And we'll hear more incest talk from another member of the Phillips family. Really? Mm-hmm. Wait, hold on. Another member. Is this a member I know? 
Yes. China Phillips Retard. It's not China. Well, it might be. It's not what. Well, oh, I see. So it is China. So this isn't like a thing where we did. Like, we're not going through all the Phillips girls one by one. That was John's job. Sorry. Sorry. All right. 503. Well, somebody has to do it. Somebody has to say something other than he was a big man with a lot of love to give. Who's going to carry on the tradition now that he's gone? <laughs> I, I don't know. It's 503 uh, 228 Also, uh, Nathan, although somebody now is telling me that it's pronounced like with an A, like Fallion, which doesn't really seem like it's possible because it's F-I-L-L-I-O-N. Just seems like everything I know is wrong. It is that time once again, ladies and gentlefolk. Rock 101 KUFO's Survive It and Drive It Update. Live from Decana Dodge in the giant Vancouver Auto Mall. Indeedly right. So this weekend, I guess, there were eight people gathered around at one point with kazoos. And they were kazooing I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world while some guys in Mexican wrestling masks did square dancing and slammed each other into the side of the truck to keep Jessica and Katie awake. Also, none and nothing, nothing that I just said there was false. There was nothing there that was fabricated. Let's uh, go out to uh, Court and Fatboy who are uh, on site. Good morning to you, uh, gentlemen. How are you? Uh, good. How are you doing? I have a question for you. This is really the most important and pressing thing right now. Is is the last name pronounced Fallion or Fillion? It's Fillion. See, that's what I thought. See, so somebody's just trying to screw with me. There's somebody. You know what it is? Somebody's playing the mental game. They're trying to get inside my head right now uh, by putting doubts about the, the pronunciation of his name. What seems to be the uh, situation going on at Dick Hanna Dodge? Are Jessica and Katie awake? Are they happy? Are they full of life? Uh, no, they're, they're currently sleeping here. Hold on a second. Hey! There we go. There we go. <laughs> That'll fix that. Awesome. Uh, so I guess I, I don't even know where to begin with all this. So we're now over a week uh, that they've been in there, which means, by the way, it, it seems like they would be crazy at this point. And I don't mean crazy like in a colloquial sense. I mean like actually becoming unglued mentally because for more than a week now, they have gotten no more than three hours of sleep in a row without being interrupted. Well, you have to wonder how much glue is already there uh, for people that wanted to get into a truck and live there for two weeks. I suppose. Maybe the relative amount of glue was insubstantial to begin with. Based on what you've seen, are they reaching any sort of a fraying or breaking point in terms of their personalities or in terms of their you know, their fortitude for sticking this out? No. No, they uh, they seem to be uh, wanting to stay in this truck forever. They do not want to leave. Uh, I'm pretty sure they will continue to live in the truck even after we end the contest. Insert Gresham joke here. So you're thinking that maybe they've become, as Morgan Freeman would say, institutionalized. Uh, maybe one could sublease it to the other. What if this is a, What if we've somehow traumatized them and we track them down years later and they're both living together and they've got lots of money in the bank or something, like one of them has won the lotto, but they're still just living in a truck together and they won't come out and they've developed like weird pasty pink mole eyes. Would you really even care if they did, though? No. <laughs> no, once it's no longer able to conjure up ratings gold, Cordai, quit caring. You know that. Microphone off, empathy gone. Exactly. Uh, they have had some rules put on them over the last few days. I think somebody, and I, I believe it was the engineers, who have been out there at the crack of dawn every morning just to do their white-hot loathing, growing in intensity, they came up with the rule that they have to wear their seatbelts all the time. That's the last thing I saw. Now they must they must always I have their like seatbelts on. Me too. They can't lay down. They have to have their seatbelts on. They can't go in the back seat. Is the trash all still in the windshield or is it somewhere else? Uh, hey, it's that boy. Um, the trash is, yes, indeed, still piled up in a, in a small mountain on the windshield. Um, sort of negating the effect of the strobe light that's been turned on all night long because um, light can't penetrate the mountain of trash that is sitting on the uh, on the dashboard. So now just sort of concentric rock layers of uh, of pizza boxes and filth. I know that uh, Greg stashed, and this was on I think Thursday maybe. Greg, is that when you put those smoked oysters underneath the seat in there? 
I mean, we've had some, and we've had some warm days since then. So it seems like that stench should have penetrated the vehicle uh, by now. Uh, is there any? Is there any sense that there's a critical mass in an old factory way building up inside? No, not at all. Um, nothing's phasing this, these these creatures. I almost said people, but I'm not entirely sure that they can still be classified as human. Are point. we allowed to just get a cattle prod in there? Because then the rules said the contestants can't harm each other uh, physically, but there's, I don't think there's anything prohibiting KUFO from doing that. Well, I think just the law and common decency. Ah, common decency. Who are you? Yeah. What have you done with Fat Boy? <laughs> I know, I, from what I understand, we've thrown that to the wind anyway, so I don't know what my uh, my complaints are at this point. Uh, all right. Do you have any uh, any guesses as to whether one of them might crack, or do you feel like they're both just sort of in it in it for the long haul now? Uh, no, no. Yeah, they, they've been in it for the long haul since the, uh, the the guy with the bottle caps and the jingle balls was kicked out. That's that, yeah. This, it, this is all a waiting game at this point. I don't think there's anything you can do orally or visually that's going to shake them one way or another, or even olfactorily. That's, that's actually an interesting point, because wasn't Chad going to come back, Sarah? Didn't we hear from... I he heard that he was going to this weekend. He was going to go back and just kind of get his taunt on, because uh, because they were sort of, not taunt-taunt, but taunt-on. Anyway, the, uh, because <laughs> I, I just... I'm riding a giant snow lizard now, and that would have been awesome. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Just to see Chad on a snow lizard... <laughs> Well done, sir. Um, the uh, which re- reminds me, the next time we do this, it really ought to be in like December. I mean, it really should be when it's like forty degrees below zero or something. But he was going to go all freeze to death and not have to endure it. Yeah, I agree with you, Jessica. I'm sorry, you're going to have to sleep next to these guts. Uh, but he he was going to go out there and sort of mock them because because Jessica was caught on tape the day that he came on the show and explained that he was just having like a, a panic attack or something, and she was just cursing him just up one side and down the other. So we thought that might rattle them. All right. Both the ladies are now awake. Are they? Getting ready to face another day of nothing. <laughs> well, really, I mean, in any, in any way, is that different from like 12.2% of Oregonians right now? Let's, let's be honest. All right. Uh, any uh, final thoughts, observations, et cetera, uh, before we check in with you next hour? Uh, I have no final thoughts, Court. Um, if somebody could uh, find some way to like tip the truck up on its side and dump them out a broken window, uh, just end this thing today. That'd be great. Oh, please help awesome. us. <laughs> awesome. This is sort of like. Do you feel like this is like a Stockholm syndrome thing where like we're all in the truck with them? I mean, this is uh, that's the that's the sort of feeling I'm getting mentally. All right. Yes, we all lose in this contest. All right. Thank you, Court and Fat Boy. They are live at Dick Hanna Dodge Corner, Fourth Plain. And Auto Mall Drive, uh, we'll check in with them uh, next hour. All right, straight ahead, we have more news from Tim Riley and uh, Nathan Fillion from Castle. That's a horrible sing-along blog, Firefly, Waitress, etc. Coming up at uh, 7.40, 8 o'clock, an encore uh, appearance by Amanda Moyer from CNN Radio as we talk about Roman Polanski, who's going to be taken into a cell house in Los Angeles and beaten with a hose severely. That's just my speculation. I could be way off. There you go. That uh, ends another installment of Survive It and Drive It. The update. Rock 101 KUFO Survive It and Drive It. From Dick Hanna Dodge and the giant Vancouver Auto Mall. Who will win a Dodge Ram truck? Thanks to Domino's, Lazy Boy Furniture, Jackson's Food Stores, and 7-Up. The Rick Emerson Show continues next on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. One has a big tattoo on the right side of his face. Both are heavy set morons. This is Rock 101 KUFO.
It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It is Monday. Coming up at uh, 740, we'll talk to actor Nathan Fillion. He plays uh, Richard Castle on the ABC series Castle. Cheers tonight at 10 p.m. Of course, Malcolm Reynolds on Firefly. And I guess he's in the new uh, the new Halo 3 uh, ODST or whatever that game is. It's like the, but it's a sort of an expansion of Halo 3. So yeah, he has a voice in that. I guess he's done, he's done several video games. And what I did not know is that he was also a longtime soap opera actor, which sort of fascinates me. Um, soap opera acting is... I mean, soap opera acting seems like a bit of a mixed bag. I mean, you all, uh, Tim and Greg, you would know about this uh, way more than I, but uh, soap opera acting is one of those things that seems like a little bit of good news, bad news, because it's, you know, it's a steady paycheck. Uh, you know, you see those guys that get the soap opera roles, because, you know, they're on the show for like 75 years. But it seems like that's a little bit of a ghetto sometimes in terms of acting that it can be difficult to get out of. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're well-known as a soap opera role, it's just people don't want to let you break out of that. Unless they canceled the show, just like they did with The Guiding Light last week. They did. It was the oldest CBS show. 72 years it was on the air. Guiding Light. Didn't they cancel something else last year? Wasn't it One Life to Live or something? It might have been. I think it was some other soap opera that got the axe last year after having been on since, you know, like, aught five or whatever. Anyway, uh, Nathan Fillion coming up at 7.40. 8 o'clock, we'll do another update. Uh, we survive it and drive it. We'll talk to Amanda Moyer at the CNM Radio Center in uh, Atlanta uh, about Roman Polanski. And we'll do uh, a bit of a quick recap. I'll do kind of a three-for recap. I'll, uh, we'll talk briefly about Californication as well as Dexter and Mad Men. Uh, Californication and Dexter had their season premieres last night. Mad Men, uh, Episode 7 last night, which is awesome. By the way, and that girl who plays Peggy just gets hotter and hotter every week. They're uh, they're doing a great job with that character. She becomes more and more alluring as the seasons uh, go on. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. Live from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Good morning, 726. It's going to be rain next couple days or so, and it's cooling off. Feeling more like fall, high temperatures only in the 60s. Firefighters who found the body of a Beaverton woman while battling a trailer park fire. 61-year-old Rita Anderson was found at Mobile Home Corral on 117th Avenue. They didn't find the cause of the blaze, but they did find a number of candles near where the area that the fire had started. I dispute that that's really a corral of any kind. I mean, I call it a hunch, but I think that may be, uh, that may be some untruth in advertising there. Well, they enjoy living there. Another Portland church vandalized. The latest happened, uh, according to the pastor of the Waverly Heights United Church of Christ in Southeast. A brick shattered the outer pane of a glass window. There have been lots of, as a matter of fact, 12 churches in the area have been hit by vandalism in Wait, the past month. In Waverly Heights, that place on like 39th and Woodstock, isn't that that church? It's by, by, by Trader, uh, Twitter, Trader Joe's. That's I'm, what I'm, I, I don't know. I might be I thinking don't of something else. that area. I'm not sure. I'm just I'm trying to be relatable to my community, Tim. Mm-hmm. A psycho killer has filed for bankruptcy. Guess can say. This is Philip A. Paul filing Chapter 11 bankruptcy. He owes more than $85,000 to various credit card companies. I guess he read it up living at, at the uh, Eastern State Hospital. This is the guy that went on the field trip to the county fair and escaped. Oh, this is the nutcase that they decided to take out to the, uh, to the carnival. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Uh, so uh, apparently, yeah, he's filing Chapter 11 and is seeking leniency from... What does he have this credit card with? It doesn't say here. They gave a credit card to a guy at a mental institution who's criminally insane. Yeah, he owes $85,000. What was he buying? What what could you buy when you're in a nuthouse? Like occupation? Psycho killer. I mean, see, why do you got to do that? Because every time you do that, then I got to go, kiss, kiss, gay, afterwards. Uh, I mean, how much could something at the canteen possibly cost that you're racking up 85 large in credit card debt? Well, now the hospital people say they can't discuss why credit cards are issued to the psycho killer. Go figure. All right. 
What is chapter 12, incidentally? Because there's chapter 11 and there's chapter 13. Is there a chapter, is chapter 12? chapter 11 bankruptcy? But I think they're both bankruptcy. Isn't chapter yeah. 13 bankruptcy too? I never heard of chapter 13. I think there's more than one chapter. Of... Oh, I'm sure there are, depending on what kind of business you are, individual business, whatever. And now that I ask that question out loud, here's a, here's a follow-up question. When they say chapters, chapters in what? Is it in a book? I guess so. That's a good question, actually. I've always wondered that. Chapter 13, chapter 11. So there must be like, it must be like um, like the little golden book of bankruptcies or something. Here's Tim Riley. Well, let's talk more about the uh, wonderful, terrible, ancestral life of Mackenzie Phillips, because she's back in the news. Uh, Oprah got an email from the daughter of the other, I guess her sister, and she read it on the air. And apparently, let's see. Well, let's hear the uh, let's hear the letter first, and then we'll go from there. Here we go. For her to come out and talk about something that nobody wants to hear about. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not something people feel comfortable talking about. Mm -hmm. And she had the courage to come out and talk about it. And I am proud. I'm proud of myself. Well, that's China, who's proud of her. Here's the letter. To Two Oprah. days ago, I need to say this. Two days ago, we received an email from a woman named Jessica Woods. Jessica's father, Denny Dougherty, was the other male singer in the Mamas and the Papas. Now, here's some of what Jessica wrote to us. She said, I just watched your show with Mackenzie Phillips. Tears are running down my face. Everything she said is true. My dad told me the awful truth. He was horrified at what John had done. And knew all of it. Then there's the other sister named Bijou, uh, who I, I guess is she's the hot one. But but the dad never had a matinee with Bijou. She was uh, living with her mother all the time. <laughs> uh, the uh, so let me understand this. So essentially, everybody who ever everybody knew John knew Phillips all about this. was aware that he was sticking it to his daughter, and they all just like it slipped their mind to call the cops about that, or yeah. to, you know, to, to you know, to somehow exact justice in a way that well, he was that's an artist. Up. Uh, well, that's right, Tim. He was yes, he was. He's like Roman Polanski. Yeah, he was a misunderstood. He's troubled. No, it's, uh, he, yeah, tumultuous inner life and all. So that's. Uh, well, let's talk about uh, somebody different. How about Victoria Gotti? Just to back up for one second here. This is the wrong week, by the way, for Roman Polanski to be arrested because I don't think America is in a forgiving mood for people who decide to start getting it on uh, with uh, with young slash underage slash drugged girls. I think we're in a uh, I, I think we're in a the Lord loves a hanging. So hang yourself by heck kind of a mood. You know, Victoria Gotti always loved her daddy, but uh, loathed his mafia lifestyle. What happens at this ceremony? It's basically. Not that's one area that's really not that far fetched from what you see on television or what you read about in these movies. It's a dark location. It's you know the only guys that are in attendance are what they call the elders, um, men that that have the authority to anoint this person. Um, the hell are we talking the, about? You know the the pricking of of the finger, the blood. He's talking about her dad's change, lifestyle. Uh, sort of like a. Blood Brotherhood. Dad's becoming a Mormon. You know, burning of the saint, the picture of a saint in the palm of the hand. Um, and then there's the oath that, you know, if you are ever to betray this oath or betray your brother or the brotherhood, that you may hope to, to burn. Like oh, this, this must be about uh, joining the Masons. Um, so it's not that far-fetched from what you see. And then you have to set up a kiosk at Lloyd Center. And you have to ask people if they'd like a, a road to inner peace and harmony. Why do they even bother to have those rituals anymore, though, where you, you promise to, like, you swear loyalty? Like, doesn't every third guy who joins the mob crank out some tell-all book a few years later and then go into hiding? And not even, and not even good hiding, like Henry Hill, who I think just sort of travels around under his own name now, 
Like it, you know, like, hey, everybody, I'm Henry Hill. Look at me, mob stool pigeon. Please book me on a talk show. They had to do rim shots with those. Do you, do you promise to keep this oath sacred? Yes, I do. Do you swear that the secret of Omerta will go with you to the grave? Sure thing. Bam. All right. Uh, straight ahead, we have Nathan Fillion from uh, the ABC drama Castle. Of course, he's uh, was on Firefly as well in the uh, Serenity film and Halo 3. Uh, we uh, come back with that to him. Coming up at uh, 8 o'clock, Amanda Moyer from the CNN Radio Center in Atlanta. And another check-in with Survive It and Drive It. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show, live from Portland. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101. KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101. KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-228-4101. In just a moment, we'll be joined by Mr. Nathan Fillion. Tim Riley is tracking the following headlines for you on this Monday morning. Well, it looks like the Portland Fire Bureau has confirmed that over the weekend that a fire was deliberately set in a southeast Portland home. They are shocked. A Lincoln County Sheriff's deputy is arrested after being charged with theft at a casino after a little money fell out of his pocket. And CNN is planning life after Larry King. Really? Does Larry does Larry King know that, do you suppose? Is he privy to that information? Not unless it's on a cute one of those cards they hand him. <laughs> this is my last show. I wonder if they... And uh, I've been told that I am uh, fired. All right, that's great. Boy, Liz Taylor, what a dame she was. It's uh, 503-228-41. I get the idea that he's just going to be in the studio. It'll be like that SNL sketch where they're dismantling the Star Trek set, and Belushi as Kirk is still there. Just, they appear to be strange beings. They are taking large panels of the wall away. I don't know why this is happening. I mean, it's just Elliot Gould from you know, from the network who's just hauling everything away into storage. You can keep the suspenders, Larry, but that's about it. <laughs> I'm going to go over to Elaine's for a drink. I will be back later. What about that light, bright set in back of me? I haven't changed in 30 years. What's your question? All right, that exhausts our supply of Larry King material for now. It's five, join us next hour for more Larry King-based glib witticisms. It's 503-228-4101. Our next guest is known to skillions of people for myriad reasons and is the man behind multiple characters, including Joey Buchanan on One Life to Live, Captain Mal Reynolds on Firefly and in the movie Serenity, Buck in the game Halo 3 ODST, and is the titular character in the ABC drama Castle. First season of Castle out on DVD as of this very instant, and the new episode of Castle airs tonight, 10 p.m. on ABC. Let's welcome now to the uh, Rick Emerson Show, Mr. Nathan Fillion. Hello, sir. How are you? Good morning. I have to ask right out of the gate that um, you have got a real attraction, it seems like, through characters who overlay their humor with pathos and pathos with humor, and that's evident in Castle, but if you sort of look back, that seems to be a recurring motif with you, where the comedy uh, and the bittersweet nature undercut each other, and they interplay throughout, uh, you know, throughout a lot of the characters. Is that by design that you are attracted to those characters? Well, it's something that I learned uh, when I when I started working with Joss Whedon, doing that incredible kind of Whedon esque style of storytelling. He's uh, a brilliant, brilliant guy, and if you're going to ride someone's coattails, pick him. <laughs> Note to self: I'm going to put that in my. Uh, I'll put that right in my uh, between my Tony Robbins uh, suggestions four and five. Ride coattails of Joss Whedon. Do you consciously? Do you seek out characters uh, that are removed from work you've previously done? Do you deliberately sit down when you're going through with a, you know, the slush pile or whatever they call it, all the piles of scripts, and you say, okay, I got to try to find something that's a lot different than the last thing I did, or is it just a case by case basis? It's kind of a case by case basis. You know, people like to think that I have 
five or six scripts laid out in front of me, and I think, you know what, I think I'm going to do a little more sci-fi. That sounds like a good idea. I'm going to do more sci-fi. It's not really my call. I, scripts, projects come along, and I throw my hat in just like all these other actors, and, and, and hopefully, you know, it, it, something sticks. Uh, but I try to only throw my hat into uh, projects where uh, the story entertains me and the character I think is going to be fun to play and I know I'm going to have a good time telling the stories and I'm excited to work with whoever's involved with the project so these are the ones that I that I throw my hat in for. So I got to ask you something because I am sort of, I'm not a soap opera fan as such but like a lot of things I, while I don't watch soap operas I'm kind of fascinated by the culture of the soap opera or that, mm-hmm. that sort of world when you get a gig on a soap opera this is my outside my outside perspective. That seems like a little bit of the good news, bad news, because uh, you know the good news is probably an ongoing paycheck to some degree because you guys are doing the same character on a soap opera for like fifty years. But on the other hand, that it seems like that can end up being a bit of a ghetto where it can it can pigeonhole you as you get trapped as you know as as that guy. Is that a real risk or is that just a thing that is that a thing I've made up in my head? As it was explained to me by the fellow who played my uncle on uh, on my show, Bob Woods played Bob Buchanan on One Life to Live. He said, Nathan. Daytime drama are the golden handcuffs of television. <laughs> they're gold, but they're handcuffs. Did he say it while he was uh, while he was sitting on a big pile of cash and uh, you know surrounded by polar bears and uh, clutching a fistful of gold bullions, but crying? Exactly, exactly. I mean, he's you know he's made an, an incredible, lucrative career out of it. He says, but you know what? He says you can. He says his advice to me was get out. They're going to come to you and say, renegotiate your contract and stay longer. I'm telling you, move to Los Angeles, try it out. Eat bologna, live in your car. If it doesn't work out, call them up, come back. That's going to be uh, right after uh, Ross, uh, Ride Joss Whedon's coattails. It's going to be eat bologna, live in car. Because otherwise, you end up being one of those guys on the cover of the Soap Opera Digest where you, you know, you're literally like twirling your mustache and it says something like, Roger breaks his big secret to Ted or something. <laughs> That's exactly the tone I read those into. Since the last time we we spoke, Castle has been re- renewed for its uh, second season, and uh, tonight will be the second episode of that second season. When you, when you come off an experience with Firefly, where um, to put it mildly, the show had a uh, had a tumultuous life when it was on the air. Um, the objective assessment by most folks is that it was badly mishandled by the network, and it just you know it was a very uh, painful experience. I'm sure in a lot of ways. When you have that happen to you, is it initially difficult to throw yourself totally into a role without knowing if the show's going to gain traction? Yeah, uh, well, you know what? I, after, after that one life, to, uh, the, uh, the Firefly experience, I told myself, don't fall in love with what you do because, you know, there's, all, there's no guarantees in Hollywood. I've learned that. There's no guarantees. Uh, but, you know, that's, that's like breaking up with a girl saying, I'll never love again. Uh, it's the nature of the business. Jobs come and jobs go. Just enjoy it and love it while you can. See, now I'm picturing you on the cover of Soap Opera Digest. Nathan says, I'll never love again. <laughs> Speaking of jobs, so you got uh, you are the character of Buck in Halo 3 ODST. And the, when you do a game like that, when you're going to be laying down a lot of voice tracks for a video game, especially a game that is so multi-layered, how much of that... Is done, or can you see when you're voicing it, or are you just are you just working off some guy giving you like a a text description of what the scene is? Well, fortunately enough, I I was a fan of the Halo series, so I was I played Halo One, Halo Two. By the time I got to start voicing Halo Three, when Halo ODST came around, 
I'm, I'm old hat at this stuff. Uh, the guys uh, over at Bungie who got me involved, they're fans of Firefly, and I said, well, if you like Firefly, I know a couple of guys with Firefly would love to play this game and be in this game. It was a real nice little kind of symbiotic relationship we all really enjoyed there. So I'm very familiar with the game, sit in a room for three hours recording different, you know, ways of saying, here's a grenade coming at you, and uh, little witty bits and keeping the story going, and it's a lot of fun. We're talking to uh, Nathan Fillion. Of course, you know him from uh, Firefly as well as the ABC drama Castle. Uh, the second episode of the second season airs tonight. Real quickly on the Halo 3 thing, you, you look at that and it becomes um, it becomes evident, I think, pretty quickly that the character of Bach in Halo 3 ODST is somewhat similar to uh, another sci-fi character that uh, we all know and love. When you first saw the character of Mal Reynolds as he was described, did you have any idea that he would be such a milestone character, that he would become his own archetype in a way? I I thought that he was, uh, boy, there was a, there was a moment in, in, in Firefly in the, in the pilot that I read where I said, this kind of moment just defines exactly who this guy is, and it makes you, it makes you just want to hang out with him, makes you want to watch the show, makes you want to play the character. And it was the moment where there's a real tense Mexican standoff. Everyone's got a gun. People are pointing a gun. I got a gun on this girl's head. You got a gun on me. And Malcolm Reynolds just walks in. And instead of saying, okay, wait a second, everybody come down, he just walks in without breaking his stride, pulls out his gun, shoots the bad guy in the face and says, well, let's go. I think that's the guy. Because you that's just never knew guy. where, you had no idea where it was going to be. It became an unpredictable sort of thing where you could not... Joss Whedon, like a lot of the folks that you've worked with, knows the cliches of television and of filmmaking so well that he's able to set up an expectation and then subvert it, then go the other way. Yes, exactly right. He twists story conventions, but in a very realistic way. So we know story so very, very well. We know story conventions well, but the convention is what he turns on its ear and puts it on a real, puts a real life spin on it. And I think it's very, very satisfying for an audience. I knew Malcolm Reynolds was a great character. I had no idea the kind of legs that show would have. People love that thing, and me too. I'm a fan. Castle uh, has a lot of that as well, where there's sort of a confluence of archetypes, of things that have existed in their component form elsewhere that have been brought together into this sort of brand new melange uh, of a program. There's, you know, people can make a little bit of the Moonlighting reference, a little bit of the Rockford Files uh, reference. When you see that, is it... Is that an extra challenge when you see that in a script that you've got something that has, let's say, echoes of previous things in the genre? Is it more of a challenge to sort of, you know, to kind of uh, to refurbish those for for a new generation? You know what I I, I look at it more so as uh, I see I see Richard Castle reacting and acting in a way very much like the rest of us want to. I I want to be that kind of guy. I want to be a reverend like that. I want to be clever, and snide, and get away with it all the time. So I find it very, very satisfying. I kind of live vicariously through Richard Castle when he's getting away with all that crap. Well, and to, uh, to complete the circle, then, you should know the rest of us just uh, live vicariously through you. So it, uh, it all works out in the end. Final question, and I, I am legally required to ask this. Uh, the Dr. Horrible sing-along blog um, the phenomenon was so big, it seems inevitable that there will be a sequel to that at some point. But then again, I don't know that anything's actually been confirmed. Do we, do we know if, uh, if Joss Whedon's working on a sequel to, uh, to Dr. Horrible? We do know that Joss Whedon is working on a sequel to Dr. Horrible. We do not yet know what kind of form this new uh, uh, sequel will take, but uh, I do know a lot of uh, 
people who are dying to uh, do it again. I guess if they ever do a sequel to the Being John Malkovich, I just want to be inside that guy's head. Uh, you know, not anywhere out in the light where uh, where the evil things that lurk in there could find me, but just hiding back in a corner of Joss Whedon's brain, like behind a, cr- a crate, sort of looking out. That's where I want to uh, spend the rest of my days. Well, you know, I try to break new ground on this show, sir. It's uh, it's what we do. You just feel free to pass that along in a non-creepy stalker kind of way the next time you uh, next time you see him. Uh, Nathan Fillion, the new episode of Castle airs tonight, 10 p.m. on ABC. The first season is out on DVD as of this very moment. Go buy it now. Do whatever you must do to get the money. Uh, Nathan Fillion, uh, best of uh, continued success in life, art, and all things, my friend. Thank you for spending some time with us today. And you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Nathan Fillion, ladies and gentlemen. All right. He's sexy. It's awesome. All right, there we go. And he thought you were clever. Back together. Well, you know, Tim. <laughs> I don't like good to. Good job. Uh, you you did the good balance of being dorky fanboy, but at the same time having some good composure. I, you know yeah. what? Uh, Rick Emerson tries to uh, tries to keep things on an even keel. All right, and, and you know when he was talking about uh, you know how when he read Malcolm Reynolds and he recognized you know what a, what a great archetype he was and what a great character he was and how he was, I want to be I want to live vicariously through that guy. I have to, you know, my, my wife, you know, Lara's not, there's some things that she was not into at all when we met. One of them is sci-fi, and the other one is westerns. And, of course, Firefly is a sci-fi western. And so it, the odds were just so long against her liking Firefly. I mean, it was like everything she typically doesn't like all rolled into one. Um, but we were like halfway through the pilot episode of Firefly, and she's just like, this is awesome. He's the greatest guy who's ever lived. I love Nathan Fillion. So it's, I mean, he's, he just has, he has that special something. He has what Stan Freeberg calls the, uh, the Gazinkus, ladies mm. and gentlemen. Coming up at the top of the hour, we will talk to a CNN radio correspondent, Amanda Moyer. We've also got, uh, Court and Fatboy checking in again from Survive It and Drive It at the, uh, Dick Hanna, uh, Auto Mall, the Dick Hanna Dodge location, fourth plane, uh, and Auto Mall Drive in Vancouver. At this juncture, if you are caller 10, you're going to win yourself a pair of tickets to see the KUFO premiere of Zombie Land from Columbia Pictures, starring Woody Harrelson, Jesse Eisenberg, Emma Stone, uh, and Abigail Breslin. That is Thursday, October 1st, 7 p.m., Lloyd Cinemas, and, uh, there's going to be actual zombies on hand from Fright Town. The Haunted Attraction opening October 3rd, Memorial Coliseum, and uh, they'll have some free tickets to be giving away there as well. If you are caller 10 right now, 503-228-4101, you score yourself a pair of tickets to see Zombieland. Stay there. The Rick Emerson Show continues next, live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Don't go anywhere. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101, KUFO. KUFO, Portland. Indeed. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It is Monday morning. 503-228-4101. Be sure to join us tomorrow when our guests will include Dax Holt from TMZ, Don Taylor from Movies.com, and... And... From The Good Wife, uh, which is that new series with Juliana Margulies, who is hot, especially when she plays the strung-out junkie chick on The Sopranos. Um, you know him from... Uh, well, it depends on who you are, I suppose. You know him from either uh, The Good Wife, or Dead Poets Society, or or Sports Night. Uh, we're talking to Mr. Josh Charles tomorrow. Uh, he was Knox Overstreet in Dead Poets Society. He's the guy that shows up at the school and reads the, the heavens made a girl named Chris with hair and skin of gold. Uh, that guy, and then he was Dan Rydell in Sports Night. He is now on The Good Wife, uh, which airs weekly with Juliana Margulies on Tuesday night. So we'll talk to uh, him tomorrow. It's going to be awesome. 
It's 503-228-4101. In just a moment, we'll pay a uh, visit to Court and Fatboy. They are on site at Survive It and Drive It, which is taking place right now, as we speak, at this very moment, at Dick Hanna Dodge, the corner of 4th Plain and Automall Drive. Tim Riley's track and the following stories for your edification on this Monday morning. A sleeping hobo's leg is severed by a freight train in Salem. One in five drivers admit to texting. And a woman is beaten after a poor karaoke performance. Wow, really? Yes. Do we know what song it was? It was a Spanish song called... You don't have to reveal it right now if you'd like to make this a tease, Tim. Adios Lapido. Well, you can look it up yourself to find out what that means. <laughs> okay. It's 503-228-4101. It's that time once again. Rock 101 KUFO's Survive It and Drive It Update. Live from Decana Dodge in the giant Vancouver Auto Mall. Let's welcome now to the show our good friends Court and Fatboy who are on site at Survive It and Drive It at uh, Decana Dodge as we now enter... Let's see, seven days, one hour, eight minutes, 14 seconds uh, of this contest. And I believe that for everybody now, I think we're all on the same page and that we have passed some sort of a truck endurance event horizon after which there will be no exodus from this vehicle. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, That's... pretty much, yes. Uh, yeah. First, before we get into this, I would like to say I'm happy to to know that Salem is continuing their yeah. uh, their hobo control campaign of putting all hobos on train tracks. <laughs> it happens every six months. I'm from there, and the fact that Tim Riley was like, yeah, a hobo, legs chopped off by a train. I actually pumped my fist like Tiger Woods. I was like, yes, hometown still has it. I mean, is there something about, like, are the, are, the, are the train tracks in Salem made out of marshmallows and pillows or something? Because to, to fall asleep on a train track seems like, I can't well, even sleep if, like, the, if, the, if the sheets are bunched up. This looks like a comfortable place to elevate my leg. <laughs> <laughs> what could go wrong? I'm astounded that they still have train tracks. So they haven't been ripped up and, and uh, taken to do the, the scrap metal no, yard. No, they, they go right through the center of town. And as a matter of fact, I believe they're all of a block and a half away from an elementary school. So kids could just toddle off of the playground at any moment right into the front of a, a train. They'd be fine. They'd be kept uh, away from the train tracks by the hobos that yeah. were laying on them. <laughs> I don't know. This bindle just isn't firm enough. I'll need to lay on something more solid. What about a train track? Yeah. And yet he's sleeping on the train track, but the train only gets one leg. Like I don't know how Thank that implies her. that he almost only had one leg to begin with. Because how would you lay on a train track in such a way that a train coming by, a seventy-five ton piece of machinery, would only take off one leg? I mean, unless he's Dorothy Hamill, he may have had one leg on the southbound rail and the other on the northbound rail. Hmm. No, that doesn't. It said this <laughs> happened on the southbound rail, so the other leg must have been on the northbound side. Uh, now I'm just picturing like Ricky Nelson or Johnny Cash or something to go, lost my leg on the southbound rail. Just doesn't make any sense at all. And by the uh, way, well, this is... It's for your amusement. Well, and, well, I like to think the world is uh, the world is merely here to put on a sort of Busby Berkeley in hell-esque production for my own, uh, you know, to pass my time. This is, by the way, is, is evidence of how much we're just zen with the fact that both of these chicks are going to make it all the way to the end uh, in this. So at Survivor to Drive It, do we know the actual logistics of how the elimination works if they both make it for two weeks. Uh, yeah, they go to the web, and then there's going to be web voting. I don't know how we're going to handle the authentication thing. As someone who has jury-rigged um, Internet voting in order to secure himself a job via this, uh, this station, um, I know how weak it used to be as far as the, uh, the encryption goes and those sorts of things. I know that our webmistress, Bridget, is all over that. So um, the idea of uh, all of uh, Katie's fans from Montana and Texas um, just 
swarming the site. Uh, that probably will not go down. So people who are thinking about spamming the vote box um, can just go ahead. And so it, it would be like an electronic thing. Like it wouldn't be like a go out yeah. there and cast your vote at the location kind of a deal. No. Yeah. No. It, it'd all be done over the uh, the web. Probably uh, Area 101 members. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I believe. Originally, the voting was supposed to start if this goes the full the full you know, two weeks. Uh, the voting was supposed to start on Friday. However, uh, we of course have the the right to change the rules at any point. So it, it, we may move it up. We may not. I don't know. It's it's just uh, it, it depends on how we can work this. Hey, thing. Speaking of the rules, I don't know if uh, I've I've got my my email. I think I deleted it or I moved it to the trash or something. Uh, they can't go back to their cars, correct? They're not allowed to go back to their cars or go into their cars for anything, right? Because Katie's been doing that the entire time. I think they can. They they can't bring anything to the truck. I think they can't bring anything back into the vehicle. I think on their 15-minute break, they can do what they want. They just can't have anything in the truck with them that's not approved. They can't do what they want. Because I could have sworn I read at some point that they're not allowed to go back to their cars. Well, here's a problem for Jessica. Well, here's a question that I have, actually, speaking of going to the car. So somebody noted this, some keen-eyed observer. Uh, He pointed out that Jessica appeared to be, uh, and I apologize in advance for this discussion. This is like when we had the talk about pawing through her seafood. Um, Somebody made the observation that Jessica appeared to be wearing pants which is odd because I think in the early days of this, she was wearing shorts. I don't think she had any pants on. I mean, you know what I mean. No, she had, like, shorts. It's the, it's the other way around. It was Katie that uh, she had pants on and then she had shorts. Uh, because, uh, to my knowledge, Jessica always had uh, shorts on. Jessica's uh, always been wearing, and, like, gray shorts or something. Okay, so you can take yeah. clothing off. In other words, if you had pants, you could take those off. But you can't. But you, you couldn't add clothing. Like, you couldn't go so out and get a pair of pants and bring them in. Yeah, so long as Katie had those shorts on underneath her pants... Uh, she could take off the pants, and the pants would have to stay in the truck with her. Uh, but she couldn't go back to her car, take off her pants, put on shorts. And that's a disgusting thought, I know. I'm this sorry. is one of those conversations, I was going to say, where there's nothing you can point to that's actually disgusting per se, uh, in and of itself. But just the aggregate result of this conversation is that I feel my cookies yeah. coming back up. So there you go. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, Court and Fatboy, they are on site at Survive It and Drive It happening at Dick Hanna Dodge, the giant Vancouver auto mall that is at the corner of uh, Fourth Plain and Auto Mall Drive. So there you go. All right. Well, Sarah Dillon and I will be out there uh, this afternoon. So uh, you want to be uh, listening for that, everybody. Uh, it is the uh, Rick Emerson Show. It's uh, 503-228-4101. Now, if you listened last week, you heard us talk to Chad, and he was the yes. second guy out. And I knew he was going to come back with us at some point and talk about what his plans were uh, as far as Katie uh, and Jessica. Uh, Chad, welcome to the uh, Rick Emerson Show. How are you on this Monday? Hey, I'm great. How are you guys doing? I'm fantastic. Were you able to make it out to uh, the Survive It and Drive It thing uh, uh, over the weekend? You know, I, I wasn't. I, I, I actually went out of town, went to the coast, decided to take a little vacation. I see. So once outside the truck, you decided to actually not not only not go back, but put as much distance between yourself and the truck as possible. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> so you are speaking for all of us now, sir. Do you have plans to go back and pay Jessica and uh, and Katie a visit? Yes, actually, uh, later today. <gasps> Good. Evening, what, what time are you going to be out there? I'm thinking uh, around uh, five or six. Perfect. Rick and I will actually be out there at that time. Sarah Dillon oh, okay. and I will be. Uh, yeah, we will be on site, so we'll all be there together. Now, do you? Uh, you know that uh, Jessica thinks that you were. Uh, uh, she was. She was not too pleased with your revelation that you just went out because of a panic attack. She thought that you were less than honorable for leaving under those conditions. <laughs> No, I think but, she was. You know. She was more upset about the friend, uh, the the mistruth of the friend in the car accident. I suppose that's true. Yeah. Uh, right. Right. Now, now that it's just the two of them in this, uh, do you see anything? I mean, in your estimation, as somebody who was in the truck for several days, do you see anything that would cause one of them to quit at this point? She 
I don't know. It'll be tough because, you know, they've only got, what, four more days, five more days? Uh, I think it's two weeks, so they got to get all the way to next Monday morning. Oh, okay, okay. But they're more than um, halfway done, you know, at this point. Yeah, at this one, it's, you know, just wait it out and see what happens. But, you know, like I said, when the votes come in, I think Jess has got it. Well, we're going to have to uh, so. to clarify that later on this week, actually, to find out what happens if Monday morning comes and it's still both of them in there, exactly what the, the logistics of uh, – of right. that are um are you going to uh, are you are you going to plan on doing any sort of uh, you know any sort of um are you going to make any noise or cause any sort of a ruckus when you're out there today are you going to cause any you, mischief you know i have a great idea that i need to run by the kufo staff and i don't want to say it over the radio cuz it kind of ruins it for the girls in the truck but i think that it's yeah it's a great idea you may have something <laughs> that could tip the uh, tip the scales a bit I think so. All right. right, You've got to meet us there around 4, then, and we can all kind of brainstorm together. Okay. I can do that. Awesome. All right, my friend. We'll see you this afternoon. All right. See you guys later. Rock 101 KUFO Survive It and Drive It. From Dick Hanna Dodge and the Giant Vancouver Auto Mall. Who will win a Dodge Ram truck? Thanks to Domino's. Lazy Boy Furniture. Jackson's Food Stores. And 7-Up. It's a Rick Emerson Show, and if you're caller 10 right now at 503-228-4101, you going to get yourself a pass for two to the KUFO premiere of The Invention of Lying, starring Ricky Gervais, Jennifer Gardner, Louis C.K., and Rob Lowe. Passes provided by Great Clips. The Invention of Lying opens October 2nd nationwide. Be caller 10 now. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Second here. All right. Ah, right there. That's the sound of a man who just had... Wait. That's the son of a man who just had two refreshing swigs of Viso. Right now I'm holding a, a can of Viso Dynamo, uh, which is Concord grape and grapefruit. Viso is now even more of everything good. They've actually added even more uh, fruit juice to it. It is organic. It is good for you. It is good, more importantly. Uh, because something that is good for you, something that's healthy, something that's all natural, if it's not anything you want to drink, if it's something you want to, you know, nothing you want to actually spend your money uh, to enjoy, then there's no point to it. Viso is filled with vitamins. It is filled with minerals. It's got your calcium. It's got your potassium. It is made right here in Portland, Oregon, and you can find it in myriad places. You go to Platt Pantry, you go to 7-Eleven, you go to the cold section of Fred Meyer locations, uh, as well as Whole Foods, Zoo Pans, you can go downtown to the Flying Elephant Delicatessen, ask for it in any one of a variety of flavors. You got your Star, you got your Will, you got your Vigor, you got your Dynamo. I'm kind of on a Dynamo uh, kick right now. I do this thing where I'll, I'll get on a jag with a certain kind of food or a certain flavor of something, and I just kind of, uh, you know, I just kind of seize on it and I binge on it. So right now, if you go to my house... Walk into my kitchen, open my fridge, and look in the bottom drawer. I have now 16, well, 15 cans of Viso. Just sort of set aside, chilled, cold, and a moment's notice you might need one. You don't want to be caught without it. If you have not tried this glorious beverage, you are denying yourself. You can find out more at drinkviso.com or, again, pick it up at Plaid Pantry 7-Eleven, the cold section of any and all Fred Meyer locations right here in Portland. Viso, now even more of everything good. Broadcasting from the greatest city on earth. Where I come from, it is normal to be gay. Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. In mere moments, we'll have an encore of our discussion with Amanda Moyer from the CNN Radio Center in Atlanta uh, regarding uh, Roman Polanski, who I think will be providing us hours and hours and hours of entertainment in the weeks and months to come. Tim Riley's tracking the following stories for you on this Monday morning. A sleeping man's leg is severed by a train. He was sleeping by the railroad tracks. 
And uh, we're going to see who might be in the running for Larry King's show. Ryan Seacrest, by the way, is out of the picture. He just wants too much money. And uh, truck owners pick pickup trucks over sex, according to a new survey, and their spouses. You mean truck? No, not truck drivers, truck, truck owners. owners pick trucks over sex and their spouses. We know a couple people who are doing that. Well, wait a minute, but well, I was going to say, there, there's the Katie and Jessica observation, but I'm trying to fathom the scenario in which you would be forced to make that choice. Uh, it comes uh, from a new survey from PickupTrucks.com. <laughs> but I mean, what... They'd rather drive around in their truck than... Is this where That's Rutger Hauer yeah. has... Uh, Rutger Hauer's got your, got your wife tied up outside and you have to well, choose between, uh, between the truck or Jennifer Jason Lee? Well, this was the tease, but I'll give you a little more information. Just over 60% would pick their truck over six. Oh, I see. Theoretically, if it were like if it were a choice that were forced on them. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. Now it makes sense. It was all very mystifying. And the most before. popular names for their trucks? Big Blue or Little Red? As in communism. <laughs> awesome. Uh, all right, let's do a little bit of recapping last night. Uh, when I say let's do a little bit of recapping last night, I mean I-, I will just do it because I think that I am now the only person in the studio who's seen any of these three shows. No, the but last... I'm going to start watching Dexter, so I'll be able to talk that with you. Now, have you finished season three? You haven't. Yes. Yeah, you have? No, I did, yeah. Okay. I so, watched Bored to Death, which nobody cares about. Now, see, I've got Bored to Death at home on my TiVo, but I haven't watched it yet. Uh, somebody was suggesting that I watch it. That's the thing where the guy pretends to be a private detective. He advertises in Craigslist and gets a phone call within 20 seconds. Excellent. So that is something, I think we're, what, two episodes into that? One episode? But it's uh, kind of... This, w- this weekend was the second one, I believe. All right, so sitting there waiting, waiting to be watched. You know what I realized last night is that I didn't miss True Blood at all. Not one little bit. In fact, I didn't even think about it until this morning. I miss it. I... I I think I'm, I'm not I was, ashamed. I can't miss something I've never seen. I think I was ready for us. You know what it is? It's like uh, it's like You're ready for a separation. I, yeah, it's like when you need a break. You go, hey, look, it, we, look, this was really great, and uh, you've got a lot of good quality. Any man would be lucky to have you. I myself need a break from you for a bit. That's my thing with uh, with True Blood. Uh, Greg, have you seen uh, Dexter, Californication, or Mad Men of last night? I did see Dexter. Okay, so you're up to speed. Okay, let's do I that am. one first then. Okay. Uh, here's just some notes I made to myself uh, during last night's Dexter season four uh, premiere. Wow, John Lithgow is effing creepy. There's something about that guy. It seems inevitable that he would end up playing a killer on Dexter or somewhere because he's just... he's deeply disturbing to look at. Yeah, he is by far the creepiest villain that they've had on that show so far. I mean, he's so disturbing. Just in the one scene, and like you said, he's hardly even in this thing, but he's already just terrifying. There's this opening sequence, I think it is the uh, it, it's uh, the, the opening sequence with him anyway, it's the first of his two shots, where he does, you know, he's a, he's a and it's not like a mystery, he is the killer, he's the, the so-called Trinity killer. And there's this long, it's not even really graphic, it's just unnerving sequence where he kills a woman in a bathtub. But the creepiest little detail, and again, it's not even that it's that explicit as such. I mean, it's, it's, it, there's some blood, but it's not graphic. The creepy part is that, like, you know, she, he, I don't know, he, like, cuts her jugular or whatever. He cuts, he cuts one of her veins, and so she's, you know, she's, she's bleeding. But he just does this thing of, like, holding her and patting her head like she's a baby. And she's, like, bleeding to death in bed. He's like, shh, shh, they're there. And just, it was just, I mean, it freaked myself out even mentioning it. And oh. making her watch, too. Yeah. Mirror, oh, and he holds up a mirror. Yeah. Like, look at that. She look at all the pretty it. blood. Uh, and then there's then there's this moment at the end where they show Lithgow. You get to see his, his ass. He's just standing in the shower, and he's got nothing on but the hot water. The cold water off, hot water on, and he's showering and burning his skin and screaming. 
And that's how it ends, and you just kind of go, oh, okay, I guess so I'll... This is not something I should watch watch before my nap today. It's just freaky. It's <laughs> that weird. That kind of messed up. Uh, let's see other Dexter notes. Guy who plays Angel Batista. Best thing on the show except for Dexter himself. Uh, hey, wait. Wild Bill Hickok is back as the hot guy who gets it on with Dexter's sister. So that's what's his name? The hot FBI older guy that Dexter's sister was getting it on with. with, oh, with the. Uh... That's who I guessed, remember? Yeah. Keith Carradine. Yeah, yeah and he was on um, Deadwood as Wild Bill Hickok. Uh-huh. Let's see. I'm, wait a minute. Doesn't Dexter get it on with Dexter's sister, I wrote? Because Michael C. Hall, They're married in real life. He's married to the girl that plays his sister, which mm-hmm. I completely forgot about until this morning. Uh, note to self, Dexter's sister looks like porn star. It's not even that the sister does. It's that that actress. That actress looks like somebody you'd see in like low-grade, like C-level porn that was shot in a hotel room where it's just like a dude and his friend and a camera and some skank they picked up, and it would be her. Uh, finally, I don't get why Dexter married what's-her-name, Rita. Irritating, shrew-like character. Why would you possibly spend the rest of your life with this woman? That is the part of the show that I found now completely unbelievable, that you would voluntarily marry that woman who is just like every bad stereotype rolled into one. Greg, thoughts? Uh, no, I absolutely agree. I mean, she's she's kind of hot, but... I guess in a sort of but, plain kind of way. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's not something you would want to be saddled with for the rest of your life. Uh, let's see. We'll just do a uh, couple of these, then we will uh, go to Amanda Moyer, who's at the Cena Radio Center in Atlanta. Let's see. Californication. Uh... Every time I see Peter Gallagher in anything, I just think, hey, that's Peter Gallagher. And it takes me like half the episode runtime to figure out that he's playing somebody other than himself. Next note, not my type at all, but the chick who plays Hank Moody's wife is really unbelievably hot. Probably just the character. Oh my God, I said last night, Kathleen Turner is a man. Followed by, yes, Hank Moody's wife is the character. That's what I find hot. Followed by, oh my God, Kathleen Turner is still a man. I think she has a penis. And my only Mad Men observation from last night is that there was the cringe-inducing moment, which now seems to be a thing that is it is obligatory. It's a thing that every episode has to have. And the cringe-inducing moment from last night's Mad Men, I won't give it away, but it just involves one character having intimate relations with another character, and they telegraph about two minutes beforehand that it's going to happen. They don't even hide it, but then they make you sit through two minutes of excruciating hell waiting for the characters to actually get it on, and it's horrifying. <laughs> because it, characters. It, I don't even want to say it. It's a spoiler. Okay. Because it involves one character saying, I want to take you into the bedroom, put you on the bed, take your clothes off with my teeth, and give you a go around like you've never had. And you're thinking to yourself, and then it happens. A go around? Like you've never had. Hmm. All right. If I guess during the break, will you tell me? Yes. Yes, I will. All right, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the CNN Radio Center in Atlanta, CNN Radio correspondent Amanda Moyer. Amanda Moyer, how are you on this Monday morning? Good morning. I'm well. How are you today? I am dandy. I was making this observation earlier that I woke up. I guess it would have been Saturday morning that I uh, I woke up and I was checking my messages or whatever. And I had like seven different people who had sent me texts about Roman Polanski. This is just the weirdest year. I described 2009 so far as being like some weird combination of Christmas and a Hedda Hopper fever dream. It's just all of this insane celebrity news happening. So Roman Polanski, who's been, as they say, laminate for about uh, 31 years now, they busted him at an airport, right? Was it an airport in Zurich? That's right. The Zurich airport. He was headed to the Zurich Film Festival. He was uh, expected to get an honorary award there. He was apprehended because uh, the authorities in the U.S. had uh, asked the Swiss authorities to um, act on an arrest request that had been made uh, several years ago, actually. And uh, they were able to apprehend him. And now he is being uh, in, put in provisional detention and faces the possibility of being extradited to the U.S. for a crime that he 
that he said that he did over 30 years ago. And this is and he's wanted not because of the crime itself, because I think he already had a sort of plea agreement for that. Is it is it because of the crime or is it because he is it because he fled America uh, before the resolution of the case? Well, it's really both because uh, you're right. He, he and his lawyer and the prosecutor thought they'd worked out a deal that would actually spare him from a lengthy prison term. He went to prison for 42 days to undergo a psychological testing. And then on the eve of his sentencing, the judge uh, re- basically reneged on this deal and uh, Polanski would have been going to prison longer, and then when he fled to France, he's from France, and he's been living there for the past 30 years. So is there any—he's uh, in jail now. Is there any word on his on his uh, the reaction or what they're going to do? Because you always—I mean, you hear, um, you know, hear about Switzerland being like a neutral country or being a country where they, you know, they kind of operate according to their own set of rules. But is it just a, uh, a formality at this point to, I don't know, stick him in a can and bring him on over here? Or is, it, or is there going to be some sort of lengthy battle to get him out of there and back to L.A.? I think you're probably going to see a little bit of a lengthy battle because the extradition process will be determined in Switzerland. His lawyer says that he plans to fight the extradition to the U.S. And also, um, some other countries are getting involved. Poland and France are uh, getting involved trying to uh, seek some clemency from the U.S. for him. So now you're going to see a little bit of a tug of war. And uh, the AP is reporting that uh, possibly Secretary Clinton could get involved because uh, one of the ministers from from uh, Poland, I believe, actually sent her a letter about it. Dear, who's, I mean, you've got to imagine that that's an awkward letter, right? Dear Hillary Clinton, we would like for you to intervene on behalf of this guy who drugged and assaulted a 13-year-old. Please help. That seems like a letter that you just pretend it was lost in the mail. You just, uh, I'm sorry, Poland, I never got that letter. Did you? Maybe you should resend it. Maybe it's in my spam filter. It's just all very awkward. You hear these things about Switzerland, as I said, being... You know, a place where you can either A, hide out if you're some sort of felon who's on the run from the man, or B, where you can stick all your money in some sort of secret bank account where they're never going to find it. But it, it, is that stuff just not true anymore, or was that never true, that Switzerland is sort of an island unto itself? Well, I think in the past it, it has been. I mean, it still is an, a more neutral country than uh, than other countries. I, I We've definitely heard that in the past, but I know that they do have an extradition treaty with the U.S. So, And, and a lot of, there are countries in Europe that do not have one. So in that regard, regard, Switzerland is is more strict. I know that France does not have an extradition treaty with the U.S., and that's why uh, Polanski has been living in France this entire time. But he has been moving about Europe. He's continued to work. He's been traveling freely in these countries. Um, It just so happened that uh, U.S. authorities got word he was going to be at this event, and then they went in, and and Swiss authorities agreed to to arrest him. All right. Uh, On that note, thank you, Amanda. Amanda Moyer, CNN Radio uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, too. More of The Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Only on Rock 101 KUFO. It's Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. And if you are caller 10 at this moment at 503-228-4101, you're going to get yourself a pair of tickets to see Motorhead and Reverend Horton Heat. They are the Roseland Saturday night tickets on sale at TicketsWest.com, but they could be yours now if you are caller 10. All right, FYI for all you folks, if you go to <laughs> KUFO.com right now, you can witness 
Katie picking her fingernails with her uh, seat number two pass that's around her neck. Mm, it's breakfast time. Yes. Mm, get there right now, won't you? All right. Well, this music means, of course, I want to talk to you about the Dublin Down Pub, which is located right um, in beautiful, and I do mean it, actually. Vancouver is actually a really pretty town downtown. Beautiful downtown Vancouver at 813 Main Street. Actually, I went there this weekend on my way to Pearl Jam. I stopped in with a couple of my friends for some drinks before heading out to the Clark County Amphitheater. I ended up having, uh, Rick was just talking about Viso. They actually have specialty Viso drinks. Yes, that's right, Viso drinks. Um, and it was super delicious. I had like a vodka um, strawkey concoction. It was amazing. And my friend that I was with actually had the Irish stew and said that it was incredible. So they have a huge selection of beer, cocktails, and food. They also have a great jukebox. We ended up uh, passing the time before the concert by actually listening to a bunch of really um, like old school amazing Pearl Jam songs. Plus also I'm not really the biggest fan of the football but I am a fan of watching things on big high definition screens and it is actually uh, Monday Night Football tonight and the Nibbler has informed me that it's the Carolina Panthers versus the Dallas Cowboys. That starts at 5.30 tonight. Once again, it's located at 813 Main Street. Super easy to get to. I-5 northbound. Take exit 1B. It's the second uh, exit on the right. Then a left on 6th, a right on Main. Head up a couple blocks, and you're there at 813 Main Street, the Dublin Down Pub. Dublin as in Dublin, Ireland, and down as in get, in, get down there today. Find out more at DublinDown.com. Broadcasting in color. Huh? Yeah, that's right. Who's rigged now, Mr. Riggy Man? The Rick Emerson Show returns. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us today. Join us tomorrow when our guests will include Dax Holt from TMZ, Josh Charles from Sports Night, Dead Poet Society, and The Good Wife, which is the new show with uh, Juliana Margulies. And I'm going to do my very best, by the way, not to ask him if she's uh, hot in person, because that would just be... I'll ask him for you if Thank you. That, see, I'm glad you... I wasn't even really thinking you would step up and do that, but I appreciate that. No That's uh, Rick Emerson appreciates that effort. Also, uh, Don Taylor uh, from Movies.com will review uh, new DVD releases. Let's pay a final visit to the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley. Live from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Good morning. It's 849. It's going to rain the next couple of days. High temperatures in the 60s. A shooter who admits he didn't have nothing else to do and likes firearms has been arrested for shooting at cars in Clark County. Shooter. I barely knew her. When the SWAT team arrived after the 911 call, 39-year-old Damon Strumbaugh was shooting two guns at passing cars. When confronted inside his truck with a semi, he drove across the yard and then surrendered. It's not unusual to hear shots being fired around that neck of the woods in Clark County. Luckily, he didn't hit anybody. It's not unusual to take shots at anyone. He's not out of jail to shoot again. I just, you know, here's the thing. We had the story earlier, and I think we had the phrase, it's not unusual, and I fought the urge down then. I didn't do it then. Uh, you know, but I did do that uh, David Cloverfield uh, joke. But it whatever, wasn't which... Cloverfield. Like, that's why I gave, only give you a half laugh, because his name is David Cloverdale. I thought Tim said, I thought Tim referred to the guy <laughs> no. from Whitesnake as being David Cloverfield. I may have, but that was a long time ago, and I can't be expected to remember. <laughs> it was something earlier in the program. I, I thought it was, it was David... Cloverdale, so I figured if I didn't I guess I'll have to listen and... back to the podcast, as many do. No, Tim, many people don't do podcasts. 
I don't know who those many people would be. Can I just tell you this? No, no, no. The, the last remaining podcast holdout is my mother. Uh, my mom, over the weekend, she comes me, she's like, I just got a brand new MP3 player, and I've been listening to all your podcasts, and it's quite easy to do. Oh, I'm never going to teach my mom how to do that. I didn't tell. I Look, I didn't teach her. She taught herself. Yeah. Uh, and this sounds like just I'm shilling for the podcast, and I guess I am. But it really is. It's not even so easy a child could do it. It's so easy my mother could do it. And it's not that my mom, not that my mom isn't a bright woman, but I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, it is technology of a new generation. It's cool. I mean, everything just sectioned off and you can just be like hey this is properly described i want to hear about this she she go that's it she bought the mp3 player she plugged it in dragged the podcast on done uh you know 73 learned a new skill in just like an hour so uh that is of the generation who saw milton burl that's right tim so uh really no one has any excuse anymore look that guy luke we had a listener luke who was here last week who paid a visit to us he's from australia and he sent us a photograph of where he works he works on like a gravel mine or something in like australia town and that guy, click one button, is able to listen to the show. So if you live in Portland, your ass has no excuse. There is no try. Do or do not. Here's Tim Riley. A woman who put on a less than stellar karaoke performance was beaten by six underage girls. Hooray. Uh, this girl was being heckled uh, as she sang a, a Spanish tune called Adios Lapida, which means I ask of God. Uh, to protect our family, children, close friends, and whatnot. Well, apparently it didn't work. This is a hymn of peace for all of Latin America. Yet she was beaten senseless by six underage girls who did not like her performance. Was it just the performance itself, or was it her song selection, do you suppose? Perhaps so. I don't know. Sarah sang Wilson Phillips karaoke this weekend. I did. I sang Wilson Phillips, and I also sang uh, Time of My Life. Can I tell you, the only time ever uh, that I've sang karaoke has been with you. I have only we sung... We sang Meatloaf together. And that's it. We, and, and, but do you remember the other song? I have sung karaoke twice in my life. And I don't mean two occasions. Did I mean two songs. Shack? No. No, no, no. There, I have sung two songs in my life at karaoke. Both of them with you, both on the same night. Do you, right. do you recollect the other one? Total Eclipse of the Heart? It was uh, One and Dead or Alive. Oh, okay. We did a... We did a because you and I did... Uh, uh, we did... Um, Paradise by the Dashboard Light, and then the crowd was so enthralled by our performance, they wouldn't let us leave. They demanded that we stay on stage and do a second performance. Where was this? Uh, it was at one of our Mardi Gras. It was like Party Gras. Was that what it was, or was it Cinco de yeah, Drinco? I just remember it was the one. It was Cinco de Drinco, and I remember it was when someone fell on their face in the parking lot and broke their teeth. No, no, no. You're thinking of a different party. Cinco de Drinco was where a salesperson... Where you were holding my purse. That well, thank you for yes, thank yeah. you for identifying it as the party where I hold your purse. Thank you so much. No, no, no. The single way it was that Cinco de Drinco was a listener party we did years ago, where a, a salesperson with whom we worked to was a man of substantial weight. Uh, he was a man of large carriage, sat on a plastic chair in the patio, and I looked away and I heard this flap sound, and I looked oh, over, I and that. the plastic chair had just gone out underneath him like a daisy. It looked like the petals of a flower it had gone out in every direction, and he's just a fat man sitting on the ground. And I looked, and he was wobbling back and forth like Baby Huey. There's just no getting around it. It was awesome. Oh man, it's like a horse falling over. It really, it was like kind of kick their feet around, and <laughs> they they just can't get any leverage. It was sort of a thwap. Uh, and I looked over, fat guy, but he didn't spill his beer, which is what counts. Here's Tim Riley. So who's going to take uh, over for Larry King when he steps down in 18 months? Allegedly, he's going to do this. Some of the people in the running include John King, the uh, the guy with the uh, map on the wall. Yeah. Uh, Diane Sawyer, possibly, and it won't be Ryan Seacrest. He wants too much money. Do you suppose when they say that they're going to be retiring Larry King, they're just going to unplug him? No, they're going to pass him a card that says, I will not be returning tomorrow night. Thanks and then for so, joining me. Somebody's just going to kick out the cord to his Anderson life support. Cooper's next. Thank you for coming. But, uh, no code! No code! Here's Tim Riley. Say, what's this old body hanging around here? It belongs to Walter Cronkite. They finally got around to burying him. 
apparently he was uh, cremated, put his remains in a jar or something. It was just sitting there till somebody noticed, and he was buried over the weekend. He was just hanging out on a table? I guess so. Well, you know, people have been busy. Well, and it looks like I'm going to end up inside a pepper mill. On that note, uh, don't forget, this coming Friday at 9 a.m., the KUFO half-off sale continues. Uh, This Friday at 9 a.m., it'll update with new items, including this. You can get a $50 gift certificate toward the adoption of a lifelong loving companion from the Oregon Humane Society. They've been sheltering homeless animals and fighting cruelty and neglect for 140 years. The Oregon Humane Society receives no tax dollars. Work is made possible only by the generosity of people like yourself. So Friday at 9 a.m., you're going to be able to get a $50 certificate toward the adoption of a companion from the Humane Society. But you can get that $50 certificate for just $25. So 25 will get you 50 this Friday at 9 a.m. at KUFO.com. But, of course, uh, right now, if you were caller 10 at 503-228-4101, you can pick one of those up before you can buy them. But uh, 9 a.m. Friday, you'll be able to get a $50 certificate to the Humane Society of Oregon for just $25 at 503-228-4101, though we're going to be giving one away right now to caller 10. Uh, join us tomorrow when our guests will include Josh Charles from the new show The Good Wife, as well as uh, movies like Dead Poet Society and shows like Sports Night. Also, Don Taylor from Movies.com and Dax Holt from TMZ, plus continuing updates on Survive It and Drive It. Don't forget, Sarah and I will be there 4 to 6 this afternoon during the Court and Fatboy Show. Swing by and send us I- or give us ideas on what we should do to torture them. And we'll them. be there with Chad as well, so you want to be listening yes. to that. So the three of us will all be out there. We want to thank Cena Radio correspondent Amanda Moyer, also my new close personal friend, Nathan Fillion. Rick Emerson Show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Tarek Stillen for Rock 101 KUFO in the newsroom. Tim Riley on the phones. Greg Nibbler, the gatekeeper. Dave's in. Webmistress Bridget from upstairs. Alpha Broadcasting marketing guru Susan. Don't F with me. Reynolds executive producer Christopher J. Paddock. Uh, buzz coming up next with Smells Like the 90s. Court Fat Boy 3 to 7 this afternoon. And again, Sarah and I at Survive It and Drive It today 4 to 6 at Dick Hanna Dodge Corner. Fourth Plane and Auto Mall Drive. It is Monday, September 28th. That is the frequency, Kenneth. My name is Rick Emerson. Thank you for listening. And watch out for snakes. Won't you please? Shiny, a slang term for great use in the television series Firefly and the movie Serenity. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area, your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening.